On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, the dudes tested out a new setup for live streaming while not live streaming. So yeah, it's the Star Wars Time Show. And get ready for some crappy sounding mic action from yours truly. Anyway, the dudes talk about two new Mandalorian toy reveals before spending a bit of time on a few Star Wars video games that have received content updates. They also riff on some news about the future of the Mandalorian series, as well as Tross heading to Disney Plus two months early for Star Wars Day. Of course, they dedicate a large portion of this record-breaking long show to the Clone Wars as they discuss S7E10, the Maul reveals, and how the final two episodes may play out. They then move into fan mentions and comments before kicking off the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. It's a long one, suckers. Cue the music. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars Time Show, and sorry if it sounds extremely loud, that's because my man and I, as you can see him over there, I don't know where I'm pointing right now, but we're testing out our live stream apparatus, that's right, we're giving it a a dry run today, no this was not live, Greg, you didn't miss anything, same with you Cryo, (laughs) you didn't miss anything, we're just kind of doing some testing here, Uh, but I can already tell on the audio only version my stem is probably going to sound a little too loud because my sound waves right now look as if Nick is sticking a hot poker up my ass as I'm trying to deliver this <laughs> opening because uh, it's, it's essentially simulating that I am screaming at the top of my lungs. Uh, so I apologize for that. I'm trying to stay back as far as I can from the mic, but we wanted to do this dry run just to see kind of how the video stuff would work. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you should see my little fat head. I'm waving now. You can see Nick's little fat head. He's waving now. Uh, you know, we got our heads kind of split with the site. So, you know, the site that is the Star Wars Time Show, it's not Nick and I, it's all about the internet. Uh, But we're going to try this out. So if this works out, we're going to hopefully try for a live stream next week. Uh, but knowing it's going to be interesting. Right. (laughs) Knowing the way, (laughs) knowing the way our our pre-tests have gone. Uh, it could be a, a shit show, if you will. It took us 30 minutes just to get here to this point. So it's going to be, if we try to do it live, right. we might have to have an hour Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're discovering all sorts of oddities within the uh, Mac operating system, uh, within OBS, this, that, and the other thing. But we're here, and we're ready to talk some Star Wars. And boy, oh boy, is there plenty to talk about. Uh, I know, Nick, a few weeks ago, we were kind of lamenting the fact that the lockdown had kind of halted progress on a lot of uh, Star Wars projects, so there may not be much to talk about. So we're like, let's think of our special topics. We're sitting here trying to rewrite Revenge of the Sith and, and cook up interesting things to talk about. But lo and behold, the Star Wars news machine is still thriving. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of that's because of the Clone Wars, and we're saving all that for just before our fan segment, the top five. Uh, The reason most of you come here, uh, the champion of the group of assholes on Instagram. But uh, before we get there, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. Obviously, when we got it, we're going to start with some toys, and we have a few new releases or teases, if you will. 
reveals, that's an even better word, uh, for Star Wars fans to check out. We're going to start with this immaculate looking Hot Toys 1-6 scale Mando Scout Trooper with speeder bike and Baby Yoda figure. I mean, this is... This is like Hot Toys has completely invested in the Mandalorian and especially Baby Yoda now oh, yeah. because you've seen oh, yeah. all of the other ones. Like, and this one looks just as good. Plus, you get the Scout Trooper. Plus, you get the speeder bike. I mean, it's it's fucking magnificent. They, uh, I, I can remember one where you know, hey, who are they going to give the Baby Yodas and this, that, and the other thing? And I kept telling you, it's like I'm waiting for Hot Toys, and that was. A fucking lie, as most things are that come out of my mouth, right? Because what I do, I, I pre-ordered the Sideshow version, which I've subsequently canceled for the Hot Toys version. But as expected, Nick, Hot Toys is not disappointing with their reveal so far. I mean, the standard Mando looks great. The Beskar Mando looks great. The Beskar Mando with uh, the child looks awesome. The life-size child looks amazing. And now we're getting this set, and uh, I've already pre-ordered it, just in case you were wondering. Uh, It's a doozy, too. This one clocks in at 455. Yeah. (laughs) And that's because of all the shit you get, right? I mean, you're getting a 1-6 scale Scout Trooper. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the slideshow on the site so people can see that are watching on YouTube here. Uh, But you get the Scout Trooper, so a a nice remnant era looking Scout Trooper. I don't have any Stormtroopers at this scale, so I kind of use that to justify the purchase. There we go. You get a 1-6 scale speeder bike. All right, Nick? So someone that doesn't collect a lot, this is somewhat new territory for Hot Toys. They, they typically don't do vehicles. Uh, the only one I've seen since I've collected 1 scale was the uh, that Darth Maul Crescent Moon speeder bike thing he had in TPM. Yeah, yeah, in episode 1, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, so you get that, you get a nice-looking theme base, but best of all, you get the little motherfucker with his little uh, gleeful smile expression, <laughs> right? I mean, that that's that's almost worth getting this set right for that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the little baby Yoda and you have his little sack, too, that they kept him in. The one thing that I will say about this reveal is that they one of the images or a couple of the images include an IG-11. Oh, yeah. I know oh, that yeah. IG-11 not in it, but it makes you want it so bad. Like, you see how cool that looks. Well, I'm glad you're starting to understand the plight of us collectors. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, my brain went right there, Nick, right with you. I mean, you don't even collect, but you're already sitting there going like, huh, if they have this set, I should probably also get the IG-11, right? Because that's a pretty uh, memorable moment from the show when he's riding the yep. baby and he's got that little shitty grin on his face sitting in a knapsack <laughs> on the front. So yeah, you're 100% correct. I mean, I was never planning on getting the IG-11. I still haven't got the IG-11. But because of these fucking glamour shots, this one right here that I'm looking at right now, which is a close-up of the little baby guy uh, in the sack on the front of IG-11, looking like he's having the best day of his life, uh, it's hard not to go, you know what, maybe I should just plunk down another couple hundred on IG-11 just to recreate this scene. So I mean, this is something a lot of toy photographers are plagued with when we get these new release shots. Uh, the mind starts wondering, and sometimes the wallet pays the price. Oh, yeah. I mean, 600 bucks essentially, <laughs> if, you were to, if you were to buy the IG-11 too, just to get 
a couple of figures and then a baby Yoda and a, and a speeder. I mean, that's a hefty price to pay, uh, but dude. if you're invested, I mean, I guess it's worth it, right? Brother, it at it? this point, I'm pretty sure just from high end, the child and Mando collectibles, um, over a grand. I mean, that, that's Whew. that's easy now at this point. I, I mean, I, I'm almost over a grand just with this guy. Uh, and the fucking life-size baby Yoda, who's also over 400. So, um, yeah, shit gets costly. This whole FOMO stuff, toy photography hobby isn't good. It's not good, man. It's not good for your head. It's not good for your finances. But boy, oh boy, is it fun to do. It's just like drugs, right? Yeah, no, like- it, it 100% is like drugs. I believe there's an account on instagram called toys are my drug uh and (laughs) i think that used to be a hashtag too so no i mean it's plastic crack man we all know it we all got to get our fix and i got my fix on this set right here 455 so we got the uh actually that's a lie i always say that i'm gonna have a pre-order link and i don't <laughs> so not in this one no but i bet if you go over to exclude magazine which we got linked down here in the post they probably have it or you can just go to sideshowcollectibles.com it is up right now or you could just get the uh, scout trooper by himself but who the fuck would do that honestly i mean no, yeah you, if you're gonna get the scout trooper you need the speeder bike and you need at least baby yoda i mean ig11 is a you know, an additional service there, right. but you need Baby Yoda, you need the sack, you need the... Oh, the, the, I, the I feel like I need them all. I mean, the ones I haven't gone down uh, the dark path yet on are the Heavy. I have not pre-ordered the Heavy. I haven't pre-ordered the regular bucket. I haven't pre-ordered the Flame Trooper. But I did get the Death Trooper. I got this guy. Mm-hmm. I got both Mandos. I got the life-size Baby Yoda, the Mando with Baby Yoda, and now this set. So I'm thinking I'm going to be okay. Uh, because of Clone Wars, I had to pre-order another figure, but I'll save that story for later on. So uh, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of money last week at Sideshow. Oh. And you can too, because this guy's up there now. So go ahead and check that out. But uh, we're not done with the toys yet, right, buddy? No, not yet. We've got another we're- one here. And I know some people are questioning if this is a figure arts figure but i do believe this is metacom toy which we call mafex over here nick was calling it mafex i think he's been playing final fantasy 7 remake or something or <laughs> snorting some mako yeah i never yep. knew they called it mako until this fucking game <laughs> i know right you're like oh it's me oh, I, I went straight american you know it's it's <laughs> would that be the long a or the short a sound the long a a long like, a yeah a. right yeah a, yeah i forget a. all that so it's mako mako <laughs> mako but anyways uh thanks to our homies over at exclude magazine uh, we got what are magazine scans of a potential Mafex uh, Mandalorian set. And it does look like it's Mando and Baby Yoda. I'm not sure if it's going to be one or the other. It does look like it is going to be a set, right? Yeah, it looks like a duo here. Yeah. Plus, you get some flamethrower action. You get his disintegration rifle and then a lot of other attachments for his wrist. So you get pistol. It looks like you get uh, like the grappling hook and... What is that like? A is that one Whistler or is it like a little single rocket? Um, I think it, you might be right. You know, it might be a a bullet from the pulse rifle. The, okay, yeah, yeah. 
Or any gun, who knows? But I, I mean, just from these shitty looking magazine scans, it does look like a nice set. You got the the soft goods cape there. Uh, the child looks all right. I mean, he lo- he doesn't look as goofy as the figure arts version we were kind of talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, I keep looking at Nick, and he's got Rogue One going <laughs> in the background there. Oh yeah, I'm watching right it. There. They're breaking gin out right now. <laughs> this is right where what K two's about to fucking clothesline her. I think. Yeah, K two throws yeah. her on the ground. Don't yeah. don't struggle. I'm Boom! To Eat it! Oh, <laughs> I love that dude. I love K two. Uh, this is going to be dangerous, by the way, because I've got severe ADD when it comes to entertainment. So the, the more shit I have in my periphery here, uh, I'm going to be going off task left and right. If, if this is how <laughs> we, we may have to cut the movies from the background. <laughs> well, I'm sitting, I'm literally like, you know what? Screw the Mayfax talk. I just want to look at Nick's bald head and watch Rogue One. And it's like, <laughs> I can't even see the full screen. It's like a fucking uh, like a sliver, but it's Rogue One. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I'll give you my take on Mayfex because, you know, you're, you're not the collector type, so you're probably not fully aware of this, this brand. Um, this brand before Figure Arts was known as the uh, figures that crumble in the palm of your hand brand. Oh, Right, you know, like uh, melt in your mouth, not in your hand type of shit. These would yeah. these would definitely melt in your mouth and your hands. Cause uh, <laughs> I got the Mafex made a brilliantly looking. I mean, they looked fantastic. It was a a C three PO and R two D two set, and they looked fantastic. This was right when I was getting into collecting the higher end one twelve scale Star Wars. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. You know, you got to order a lot of these from overseas, typically somewhere in Asia. And you show up, get him out of the box, like, man, look at 3PO, he looks so fucking good, he's so golden, love him. As soon as I fucking take him out of the box, his legs fucking fall off. (laughs) Like, I wasn't even, it's not like my story from a few weeks back where I manhandled Crate Luke and fucking tossed him off a wall. Yeah. I was taking this little cunt out of his package and, his, and he just yeah, fell to pieces. Literally, his legs just fucking dropped out. Like, it, no oh. pressure at all. Just just fell off. Uh, if we didn't waste so much time, I would walk back in my toy room right now and get him. And I could hold him here and just go, <laughs> and I guarantee you his it body. Legs. Oh, legs would fall off. Arms would fall off. Uh, so that's, Mafex kind of got that rep, at least with some of its Star Wars figures. They, they always look great, but they feel like they're going to fucking fall apart. And, and that's kind of how figure arts is getting these days. But I can tell you, looking at these shitty scans, I'll I'll probably do it. I, I I've got <laughs> I've got something. It's there's something with the full Beskar Mando and the child from season one that I feel like I need to have every version of the set. I mean, the full Beskar man, it just looks so good because you get the shine and the sheen of the right. Beskar. You get all of his little, all of his weaponry with it. Even get the flamethrower to throw on top of it. I mean, it's just, it's an iconic duo at in Star Wars at this point. These two full best it is, it is. and Baby Yoda. It's like I, I don't know, like how much can they change BY's appearance in between seasons? I mean, uh, it's not like he's going to get much taller. He's probably going to, he might double in size, right, to get up to Yoda's height. Yeah. Uh, do you think they'll throw? like a new costume on him for season two. 
That's what I thought. I mean, like, yeah, he's running around in this potato sack right now, but I imagine <laughs> that once we get a little bit further into season two, you're probably going to have a, a change of outfit. I mean, you know what, a little bit more. You know what I would, I would love for him to have, and, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not mentioning this the past two Siege of Mandalore episodes, but if you look at Ahsoka's outfit right now, it's like Mandalorian spandex. Okay. Because it, it has like that uh, geometric symbol in the center, you know, that they all have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like uh, looking right now at Homeboy Din, like right there in the center. See that that symbol? Yeah, right here. Okay, right so so she's got that, and it's like done in the in the Bo-Katan night owl blue. I want my man in in something like that, like a nice skin tight Mandalorian <laughs> inspired uh, spacesuit. I think that, you know, I think that baby Yoda could pull that off, especially <laughs> if they do link up with some more Mandalorians in this season and season two. Yeah. I mean, we, we assume that Ahsoka is going to be in there. And then because of Ahsoka being in there, we also assume that Sabine Wren will probably be in there, too. So if, if we get some more Mando action here, not just Din, but if we get Sabine, if we get some more other Mandalorians in there, they could whip up a, a, a special pint-sized Mandalorian yeah, I'm not, spandex I'm, suit. Right. I'm not even saying he needs the armor. I, I just want him in some sort of uh, like spandex-tight Star Wars-style <laughs> spacesuit. Complete. Yeah. I, I do want him to have an arm gauntlet, though. Like, I want something on his arm like that he, like he, you know, it's not as advanced as Mando's, but I want him to have something like that, too. At least a little communication. Right, again, you know? right back to Ahsoka. You know, in this episode, she uses that thing on her wrist to call Rex. So th yeah. th that's what I'm looking at. I'm kind of glad you brought that up. The more I think about this, it, it, it has to be obvious at this point, or at least why Ahsoka would show up in Mando. I mean, think about what she's done for the people of Mandalore over two episodes of the show at this point. Yeah, she's she's literally led the siege of Mandalore. Right. Not only from the Republic side, but like she is actively working with Bo-Katan and the right. Night Owls to overthrow Maul. And they captured Maul. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. I know, dude, but I, I almost talk. I wrote it down. It's like something I may do a video on, but it's. Filoni has made it so organic and natural now that Ahsoka would be someone that Mandalorians would turn to at this stage of the game, like during the Mandalorian timeline, that she has to be in the show. I mean, she's essentially a hero of Mandalore, at least Bo-Katan's Mandalore. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we assume from seeing, you know, the the way that Din was, was rescued when he was a child, that he was rescued by you know death watch at the time but really we now know it as the night owls because it's like the bo katan yeah she took i mean she, I, she left death watch during the clone wars uh, yeah. i mean that, that that's covered in the clone Wars. she leaves after maul comes and uh, kills pre and all that shit uh, so who knows if, if din was saved by her night owls or by death watch before it got splintered but either way yeah i mean you would have to think that those kids or, or just even in Mandalorian lore at, when they were exiled and had to live in the sewers that they always heard about this space wizard that came and helped to free Mandalore of Maul and kept her promise and actually left with the Republic. So, uh, yeah. and yeah, remember Ursa Wren was around during all this. So Sabine would have knew about all this. And obviously Sabine knows Ahsoka from Rebels. I just, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because we're fucking stupid. 
that it took us this long to just be like, you know, Ahsoka and Mandalorian is, it makes so much sense now, thanks to the Clone Wars. Hand in hand. I mean, it's probably the first thing that Din thought of when he, when he heard, like, you have to bring him to his people. And he was like, okay, well, I have to bring him to Jedi. He, the, the first thing he thought of was Ahsoka. She's like, I've always heard this story right. about this Jedi warrior that, that helped during the siege to overthrow, you know, Maul overthrow the corrupt government of, of Mandalore and then retake the city. So his first thought was like, can I find this Ahsoka Tano person and can she help this little fucking baby, whatever it yeah. is? I, I mean, it just, it's like I said, I just sitting there, like, you would have to think that stories of Ahsoka were passed down, not that there's a ton of time or a bunch of generations that, that sprung up in between the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian time, but there, there had to be stories that passed down about this you know, Jedi warrior that, that came and, and helped Bo-Katan, the leader of Mandalore, uh, get rid of Darth Maul and, and essentially Gar Saxon and them kind of put them in their place. Now, I know Gar, once the Empire comes to power, he kind of fucks everybody again and Uh, That's why Mandalorians almost get wiped out and they live in sewers. But again, we'll talk about that during our Clone Wars because we had there's so much good shit, man. Darth fucking Maul. Darth fucking Maul. That's all I got to say. I'm about ready to get a tattoo of the motherfucker on my face. Post Malone style. Like I'm going to fucking Zabrick my head. Uh, All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm getting excited. I can't wait to talk Clone Wars, dude. Clone Wars. All right, so that's kind of our toy stuff. Once we get more information on the Mayfex Fet, we'll try to get it to you. If we don't get it to you, our friends over at Exclude Magazine will. All right, get your shit together, my friends. But uh, we're not done yet with the kind of the, the farting around type of stuff, the, the the more newsy articles, if you will. Not the, not the stuff we can pontificate on, but we got this update. actually just came today right before we recorded, Nick. Uh, EA and DICE put out a video to detail... The latest and, as Nick pointed out before we went live, the final free community update for Star Wars Battlefront 2. This one, Nick, is called The Battle on Scarif, and it drops tomorrow, April 29th, or today, if you're listening to the show on release day, which you fucking should if you're a good, loyal subject of the SWTS. Pump those numbers up. But yeah, I mean, this kind of content, honestly, when when we heard Battlefront 2 was coming out, after seeing what Battlefront 1 was, like, Matt and I were pretty disappointed. We're like, you're just going back and you're doing the same thing. But they actually made some really good improvements to this game. One, giving it an actual story mode with expanded content that goes all the way up into the Age of Resistance, so you're not just focusing on the age of the empire you're not just focusing on the age of the rebellion fighting through as Verzio. you're actually going up until the age of the resistance with the expanded content from the story and they've put out so much free multiplayer content over so many years over two plus years of this game that this game's been out that it has become worth owning it yeah. like i it, did i'm watching the trailer now as you're talking i'm kind of bummed out you can't see our feed um, but God, I mean, it looks so fucking good. Like this game looks yeah. so good. I'm, I'm sure they're running it on a mega PC, but still, uh, all the work they've put in since it released and hey, don't, don't get us wrong. This game was a disaster when they first announced it. I mean, it was essentially like playing the lottery in terms of what yeah. type of content you were going to get. Uh, but you, you got to give them credit. Uh, you can heat hate EA they're the publisher they're the ones that tell developers you got to do it this way that way this way 
Uh, but you got to give Dice and EA for that part credit that they, they kind of listened to that feedback and did alter how this game is to be consumed. consumed. And as you said, I think this is what, the 25th free update? And these aren't just fucking bullshit patches either. Yeah, this is like f- new maps, new characters, new con- new game modes, everything. Uh, it, it it really did take the game and turn it into something that the community could really run with post-release. Because for the first one, it was essentially like, well, fuck it. I mean, like, here you go. Here's what the game is. We'll give you two free content updates, and that's it. That's all you're going to get. There's no story mode. There's nothing else like that. That's the game. This one, they've expanded it so far from what it was they they've righted what they did wrong and they literally in this video in the battle on scarif community update video they were like we're really excited to see what the coming years will look like from the community so you know allowing people that that love the game to really make it their own and make you know really cool content out of it so now that dice is done with this what i'm interested to see is what their next thing is are they are they going to you know, make another Star Wars game that's not Battlefront focused, or are they just going to continue to go, you know, through the dice, you know, rotation, which is basically Battlefront, Battlefield, <laughs> Battlefront, Battlefield. Well, <laughs> so, they didn't do a Battlefield this past fall, did they? They didn't. They just stayed with Battlefield Five. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, from what I know, I mean, I obviously I killed EntertainmentBoot.com this year, so I'm way out of that. PR loop these days, but I, I don't feel like is Dice even working on anything right now that's been announced. Yeah, I don't know. Let's let's see what you know. Yeah, you pull yeah, that up I'll on the internet, the internet machine. So yeah, I mean the, the Scared update is going down on the 29th. You're gonna get the Scarif map, which if you're watching the trailer, it looks looks phenomenal. Uh, I think it adds what Galactic Conflict or it adds a new era to some of the other game modes this that and the other things so yeah i mean really they don't they had a game release last year which i think was just like you know they they didn't they weren't actually the like the sole developers of it but it was something called ultra core which was like a it was like a 2d shooter but after that they don't have anything announced battlefield 5 was the last game that they released that was 2018 so I really do expect them to come out and announce something, I would imagine, soon. Because you don't need a full studio to... Well, what, what would you want them to do? Because at this point, I mean, just I, I just keep watching this trailer on loop because it looks great. And that's kind of my point here. If this game is, is buttoned up and as polished as it's going to get and you have all these modes and updates and this, that, and the other thing... Could they really make it better in a Battlefront three, or do you would you rather them kind of move into a different arena? And and I'm not saying just remake a Republic Commando, but maybe focus on just a pure uh, kind of single player campaign shooter Star Wars game. I think that versus yeah. a a pure multiplayer with a single player light tack on. Yeah, I mean. Dice has never been known for their sole single player content. They've always been a multiplayer oh, yeah, yeah. development studio. Yeah, I mean, you, did like you, you play said, Republic Commandos? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you had they the, were fantastic. Right, you had the four you shooters. had the four guys and you could switch between the four clones, right? Like each yeah. I think one was like Sev, each clone had a 
a weapon specialty or, you know, one was a tank, this, that, and the other thing. I, I guess that's what I'm kind of talking about because we, we got Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, that's our that's our Jedi third-person thing. But I, I think fans would love a full-on uh, single-player game, but a shooter set in Star yeah. Wars. Obviously with some multiplayer tacked on, but... N- not necessarily doom like because i think that, that you'll never get the violence or the no yeah know, right the, yeah i mean i, but, I, I but love me a doom shooter but that, that doesn't really work in star wars yeah but but something like that especially the more recent dooms like doom eternal which was so story focused and in the multiplayer was again like it was an addition but you have an excellent story single player mode that's built into that game that is the core essence of doom eternal so if you if you did that with a star wars you know trooper style shooter where you know set in the the age of the republic so you're not into the the age of the rebellion yet you can still play as clone troopers there's a lot of good story as we've seen through the clone wars um cartoon series for you to play as clones through. So if, you, if they were to do something like that, single player focused, not single player add on like we had for Battlefront 2, single player focused combat and story. Right. I think that's the next thing for them because, like you said, you can't do. But what, what's Battlefront 3 going to be? Like, you're not going to have any sort of new movie content come out in the next two. And exactly. A half years. And like I said, I think they've perfected this version of battlefront i think the only yeah. thing they could do with another battlefront would be just remake the good battlefronts yeah i mean like to a t literally only... just reskin the fucker like battlefront yeah. 2 reskin it have to where you can get in a ship and fucking fly into space and attack a starship that type of stuff that was the thing that i was going to mention is the only thing that you could do in battlefront 3 that's not in battlefront 2 and apparently will never be there is actual space combat like getting into dogfights in space with two capital ships fighting each other. Like that is what people have wanted from Battlefront 2 and it just never happened. It was more of a ground combat focus and then you can get into an X-Wing or a TIE fighter and you can fight in atmosphere. But people have always wanted to have that that part of old Battlefront 2 where you're out in space. So that's the only other thing they can do. I mean, I guess you could do a fully focused space combat game where it's almost like a like a flight simulator except it's complete like like well, yeah go old school go versus tie fighter there you go i was gonna like say let, let's break out some of the good shit like lucas arts and just do an x-wing or a tie fight i used to love i'm talking like little matt installing games on a cd with a with a flight stick like <laughs> red fire I mean, standing by that type of stuff that that they could do that but i mean that's definitely not in their wheelhouse they've never done like a flight sim slash i mean they obviously they've had you know ground to air combat air to ground combat and all the battlefield games but it's you've never just had like straight a game that's straight dogfighting with no ground combat happening in the background no so, no no yeah uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what dice does moving forward because like they've essentially been on like battlefield battlefront duty and they've never really strayed from that so it's going to be a, a cool time, especially if EA keeps the license, because I think that their license agreement with Star Wars, with, with Lucasfilm and Disney ends relatively soon. I think it ends in like 2022 yeah, well, or 2023. We, we, we can ensure Disney will fuck that up. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm they'll, not. they'll get they'll go from EA and just give it to Activision and then it'll be even worse. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, or they'll just try to do it themselves, or no, they'll give it to Bob Iger. So well, because they did, they 
they started the reformation of right. LucasArts. It was no, it was, like, what was it called? It, was, it wasn't LucasArts, it was Lucasfilm Games. Yeah, it was, was it was yeah, it was one of their other uh, labels, but I know we had yeah. it on the website. I can't I can't uh we we I can't task myself a, with looking that up. That would take too much effort right now. I think it's mm, I don't know if we had an announcement for yeah yeah, yeah you guys know what to do go, go, for new Star Wars games. Yeah. <laughs> go look at StarWarsTime.net. Yeah, here I'll show you up here. There's this little search thing. Use that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, Dice probably not working on any games, and if they are, they'll probably just make another Battlefront clone. So, we'll see. Fuck yep. that. Speaking of uh, games, and there's that speaking of right there. First one. Speaking of, <laughs> I fucking hate that. Like anytime I say that, I feel like a failure in broadcasting. <laughs> oh, speaking of our next topic, Nick, we've got one for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes fans. And uh, I'll let you kick this one off because uh, you, you posted this one and shit, I got to do my grief missions today yeah. before I forget. But I got to do it too. Mando's but, yeah, coming this will go. Yeah, Mando. Not just Mando, but as you can see probably from the article that Matt got pulled up here, is you got Cara Dune, Grief Karga, and the Mando himself coming to the hollow table in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. I mean, this we've, we've talked about it before, and we used to have like a lot more or you know more regular Swago conversations on the podcast, but I think that we got to a point where we literally couldn't say anything more about the game. We, we spoke about it to the highest degree that we could, but the game continues to put out content. The new content's all focused around Mando. Cara Dune dropped on the 23rd, and you can get her through tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I was which say, if I you're think listening to it on release day is today, so the 29th. Yeah, fire um, that up. Tap that icon, fellas goers, if you forgot. Yeah. Because so you, you know these fuckers are going to be required for an event. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know who, I mean, like, I don't, the child, I don't know dude. who they so, could be. Let, let, let's oh, get wow. into this because this is the funny thing. Like my eight-year-old nephew is, has now become a Swago head. Yeah. Uh, and he uses that Facebook Messenger for kids. And we have talks daily, like all day long. I mean, I could look at my most recent one. He just unlocked ships and he's all excited that he can do ships now. But he's the one that said this. He's like, what if they do the child as a, a legendary event for them? I was like, I mean, it that, makes sense. That's fucking brilliant, brother. I was like, yes. And I said, I think the only other character we could get to have the full uh, squad of five then would be the heavy. Yeah. Because you'd have heavy, grief, Hep din. Or IG 11. Yeah. But they, they already have, what, two IGs in the game? They got 88. Yeah. They and got 88. And then they got that one other. It's like IG 100 or something. or something. Yeah. It's a goofy IG. Yeah. So no, you're right. I mean, but that's why that's why I was thinking. Well, maybe you just go with heavy and the child. But uh, I would have to think that the child could be their legendary event. I don't know. But I thought it'd be funny to have that little fucking thing walk out. I mean, he would be <laughs> like a speck of a dot because we already have a hobo Yoda and a GMY, and yeah. they're already tiny. So like the child would be the smallest fucking pixel on that screen, and it, oh, yeah. it makes me happy to think about it. It would almost be like if you if you unlock the child, the only way that you could play him is with the Mando. So like you couldn't have a, a squad oh, yeah, yeah. that had the child in it and not Mando. It would force <laughs> you to build it like that. And then uh, like the child would just like sit on Mando's back or something. Like he would be in a backpack on his back. But I just I, like, I feel like 
whenever they do this, you know an event is only a, a few months away, right? I mean, oh yeah, uh, these you can get these now. You can unlock them at what level? Star two or star three? Three, three star? Star three. Yeah. But then they'll disappear unless you want to pay for them. But then once the event gets announced, they'll be farmable. Yeah, they'll release their farms. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the child makes sense. It would just be really interesting to see how they would implement them <laughs> or Im- implement him. It, it's just like, what would you do as that character? You could do like a like a stun for his little force lift or I don't know. Well, yeah, I think be- he would he would probably be more like Hobo where he yeah. has no attacks. He's just all support, but the support's pretty legit. So, yeah, it's like a it's like a Hoda or it would be like a C3PO where he would debuff and yeah. you know. I, I do think it's character. interesting that they gave Grief and Din leader powers though. That Yeah. That could say something. Yeah, uh, cuz Grief could be you could have Grief separated from Mando and just have him as a leader of a of a bounty hunter squad. Yeah. But then Mando's got bounty hunter and scoundrel. So, I mean, yeah. I really think these characters are going to be uh, highly useful. I, I I mean, I think they're going to be guaranteed you're going to have to need them for an event, but I think they'll be good plug and plays for like GAC, which is Green Arena Grand Arena Championship. Yeah. Uh, just to make real nice power squads for defense and whatnot. So, I don't know. I mean, we don't get a lot of comments from the fan base on Swago, so I take that as no one fucking plays this. But I, I do I do urge those of you that have just kind of glossed over these segments and be like, these guys are fucking EA shill dipshits. I I can't really talk about a Star Wars game that has consumed more of my time for the past, what, five and a half years now than this little mobile title right here. I mean, it's still every single fucking day, Nick. Every day. This game gets played for at least an hour or more if you would total up all my sessions. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the most consistent game that I play right now. I mean, I used to play Star Wars games like crazy. Like I dedicated hundreds of hours to Star Wars The Old Republic. I, you know, obviously the single player games that we've talked about so many times. But like the thing about those games is eventually you get to a point where you just stop playing, get burnt out, whatever. Like with with a mobile title like this, it's so easy to just hop on your phone while you're sitting on the toilet and fucking play for like 10 <laughs> yeah, minutes dude. or something like yeah. that. You get poop, poop fingers all over your screen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then it's just, it's, it's, it's good Star Wars content. You don't have to worry about like allocating too much brain space to it to follow storylines or anything like that. All you have to worry about is farming, fighting, and, and, and building up your squads. That's it. And it's, you know, it's just fun and it's free. I mean, if you if you don't want to spend money on a game, if you don't want to fucking buy Jedi Fallen Order, you don't want to buy Star Wars Battlefront 2, you can just download this for free. And then eventually, when you get sucked in enough, you will pay money. <laughs> like, we got, me, me and the intern got Matt to pay money oh, at yeah. Star Wars Celebration. That was the, the first, first time. time. <laughs> um, and I still, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I've, they get me on these little flash sales now, like these 499s yeah. or 999s. Yep. Uh, but I probably still haven't spent more than 200 bucks. Yeah. And the thing uh, is, is like, I've always like, there's a lot of free to play games that I play, whether it be like League of Legends or something like that. I always say that if the game's free and I, you know, put X amount of time into it, then it's 
then it has earned my money. Like, yeah, you know, this game has earned my money because I play it so often. So I want to support Capital Games, which is the the studio that makes this. I want to support them and, and allow them to be able to make great content for the game moving forward. Because if nobody paid anything for this game, it would have died years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, right. But well, a lot of people, people get the misconception like, oh, these games are just cash grabs. It's like, well, yeah, that that's called business, you stupid fucks. I mean, yeah, it's it, like they, we, we live in a, a we live in a capitalistic society that believes in a free market. So they're going to try to make some cash. It, it's on you if you want to get all salty and feel bad for yourself. If you don't want to pay to play, you do not have to pay to play this game. In fact, if you don't pay to play this game, you will have ten years of content. At this point, if you just if you start now, you won't unlock everything in this game for at least 10 years. Easy. I, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm five and a half. I've been playing since day one, 2015. All right. Day one. And I'm still two to three major legendary events behind the whales, like the people that spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah, because they already have. They already have GLR, Galactic Legend Ray. They have Galactic oh. Legend Kylo. They got everything already. They got the, yeah. the fucking... Like, like the intern. Issues. I mean, he's he's currently working on Ray to unlock. And he's like, well, I'm not doing Kylo. I was like, fuck you. You're not. <laughs> Bullshit. Well, yeah, he's cause... like, well, maybe not now because I've blown all my resources. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just the, the, the amount of time that it takes you to unlock these characters. Like, for me, like... My latest big unlock was was Jedi Knight Revenant. I was like, and I told Matt, I was like, dude, I fucking finally got Jedi there Knight Revenant. Go. I don't feel like a piece of shit anymore. <laughs> like, it just you get a, a level of satisfaction after unlocking these legendary. Totally. Characters, I mean, it's like I can't. I don't know what to kind of equate it to, Nick. It it is kind of like collecting stuff. Yeah. It is a very collectible like hobby and instead of spending dollars and and finding that grail out in the store you just grind your ass off and that you know that that one day when you unlock that character after all those hours of grinding and and finding gear pieces it you, it does feel good. It's like, yeah, yeah. I finally got him. Like I'm working I on remember, a uh, gas yeah. right now. So General Anakin and that's been yeah. a fucking slog, but when I get him it's going to be a great day. Yeah, I, I can remember, like, when I had first started seriously playing, this was probably two and a half years ago, I was sitting, like, I remember it was, like, pre-podcast, and I was sitting there, I'm like, Matt, I'm, I'm so close to CLS, I'm so close to Commander <laughs> Luke Skywalker, and I, he's like, dude, you just gotta grind, you just have to play the event over and over and over until RNG is on your side, and you win, and that's what happened, like, I just, I played probably, I probably played the event that day, 50 times before RNG helped me and yeah, I was it's able RNG to Jesus. It. Yeah, it was just uh, and then as soon as it hits and you get it and you get that seven star come up, yeah. you're like, "Fuck it, yes, I did it." And then you realize that you have this character at level 1 and you have to gear it all the way up to G12. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, you you get that that supreme high and then you get a swift kick in the dick. <laughs> to, to, to take you right off of that pedestal you put yourself on so yeah uh, I, I love the game i really do i mean i uh, the fan base is funny you know you got big people always threatening to quit bitching about how it's all about the whales and yeah i mean if you want to spend thousands of dollars a month on this fucking game then you should be in the top 50 good good mm-hmm. for you 
but in terms of if you just like Star Wars, collecting Star Wars characters, or just making progression towards something in life, uh, you can't go wrong with Star Wars Galaxies of Heroes. You can't. You just can't. So it just feels like this too, especially for our fan base. Like our fan base is primarily, I mean, I don't want to say everybody is, but a lot of our fan base is built around like toy photography and toy collecting. Like this game, like really organically flows with that hobby because with toy collecting and toy photography, you're, you're working towards something and you're working towards an ultimate goal and then boom, you got it. You have this new figure that you can, you know, use in your, your photography with this, you do the same thing. You build towards it. And just like for me, it's like, okay, I built towards it. I finally got JKR and now I can use him and I can put him to use in arena or, or raids or whatever yeah. I'm doing. And like, that's a good point because, you know, I could, I could sit there and be like, hey, Nick, uh, I mean, JKR was good like a year ago. I know, yeah. yeah for arena, behind. like to actually get ranking in arena. And the reason you want to rank in arena is so you can start farming gems, which is essentially the game's currency. But as Nick said, these days with all the other game modes they've added in after the fact, in particular Grand Arena Championships or Territory Wars, Territory Battles, you can now use these characters you've, you've spent all this time to collect and they will benefit you in mm-hmm. getting more gear to give to other characters. And the grind continues. It is a <laughs> never-ending circle, but it is one that I thoroughly enjoy. It's like every day. Every day without fail, that game's getting played. Yep. Always something to do on it. So, so give, give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah. Download it. Play it for free. If you want to give it some money, give it some money. But it's well worth it. A lot of fun characters to play in the galaxy of heroes hollow table with the mandalorian ones as the newest one and, and if you got a big swinging dick these days they have a 99 dollar <laughs> welcome oh, to yeah. level 85 pack you can literally just fire up the game as a noob spend a hundy and you already be at the highest level so. <laughs> yeah and they give you so many they give you so many characters and so much shit like it's hilarious you get essentially all of phoenix squadron free unlocked you don't get them all seven star but at least you get them all free and it, it leads you into unlocking the legendary characters. Like once you get Phoenix Squadron all the way to seven, you unlock, you can get Thrawn. And then from there you can get, you know, the Chimera and then all the shit that comes from it. So yeah, drop a hundred bucks on it. You don't even have to worry about half the grind. You literally start at the end game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just realized I need to start wearing my AirPods if we're doing video. So I don't have my big ass cans on. Dude, I was like, I was debating whether to wear my big headphones so i have these in and i keep fucking with them because like when my face gets expressive they like loosen uh, in okay. my ears well then yeah i'll probably stick with these so i don't know i think it looks good if you had the the headphones on with your bald head i don't know what well, maybe we'll have to look try weird. it out ne- next time maybe but we'll see i gotta I got, figure out a way my, my little to, like, star wars things. fans down here right now it looks like she's what are you doing bubba cleaning up go. <laughs> oh, the baby's hungry? Okay. A special appearance by Ray herself. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> my, my camera is not at a... Do you want to say hi to everybody? You want to come here and look at the camera? All right. This is my... Uh, everyone's probably heard about Charlie on the cast. There she is. This is my little Star Wars bubba right here. My little Charlie Ray, right? Mm-hmm. A Princess Leia fan. All right, I'll let you go. I know you don't like uh, the spotlight, so. 
Yeah, anyways, back to uh, Swigo. Just just give it a try, people. It's F2P. The worst thing you're going to do is have to lift your fat thumb up and delete the icon off your screen if you don't like it. So give, give, it, it, a go. give it a go. All right, next up we have some more Mando news, not necessarily in video game form, but we're already talking about fucking season three of Mando, and we're not even watching season two yet. That's how good this, this show is, is that... They have greenlit season three without season two even airing. So yeah, um, I, I guess I don't know. I must have been bored last week when I threw this up there because honestly, Nick, this is one of those no shit Sherlock type of announcements, right? Yeah, uh, I at least looped in something from MSW on Jamie Lee Curtis, but I, I mean, at this point in time, it should surprise no one that The Mandalorian is a show that is being greenlit for subsequent seasons. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's going to get a, a third season, of course. Uh, I mean, you could tell just the way season one went that this isn't a show that they're going to wrap up in 16 total episodes. I mean, th- yeah, this is this show's ongoing. got legs, right, buddy? I mean, th- this show could go on for years and years and years and years. Yeah, I mean, as long as Pedro still wants to be a part of it, and even if he doesn't, like I've given like, you know, my theory for season two that's definitely not going to happen is that the Mandalorian as a title could re- refer to any Mandalorian. I do like I, I still think Land. that's a genius idea, but it's too genius for Star Wars. Yeah. It's it's Disney would never do it. But yeah, I mean, there's no reason that this show needs to be like a limited two or three season run. You can continue to, to track these characters all the way up until the the age of the resistance starts and you're talking 40 years out probably from this timeline or so a lot of room for this to grow and continue without running into current currently existing star wars timeline so um awesome awesome stuff yeah so i mean it's good that favreau is writing it out and all this stuff and doug i mean everyone should know doug chang i mean he he kind of came on the scene during the phantom menace the, the prequel era and he was one of george's main concept guys and now he's gone on to be I think, yeah, the creative director at Lucasfilm. Um, so they're at work. They're kicking around some ideas, looking at some art, tossing out some narratives. Uh, the other thing in Mando, though, that we wanted to talk about, and the, I, I guess the reason I did end up running the No Shit Sherlock post, but um, we talked a few weeks ago, Jason Ward over at Making Star Wars dropped a rumor that he thought Jamie Lee Curtis was going to make an appearance in The Mandalorian, and he had some updates, and apparently she definitely was on set and went as far as getting a costume fitting. Uh, I guess his source told him that it went so far that they could they could make an action figure based on her character. But according to his source, they think the role may have fell through due to scheduling conflicts with Jamie Lee. Uh, so he's saying at this time he doesn't know if she'll be teased in season two for a bigger role in season three or if the role was scrapped altogether and, and given to someone else. But he is sticking to his guns that she was on set and at least was productioned up all the way to the point where she technically could have had an action figure. That's pretty awesome. I mean, she definitely has a lot of, you know, stuff on her plate right now. She has two fucking Halloween movies that one's in post and one's getting ready to start filming Halloween kills and Halloween ends. And then there's also a few other things out there on her IMDb page. So she's a, a very busy person in Hollywood right now. Um, I would like to see her come back though. I mean, I think it would be really cool if she did, you know, do what's on her plate and then was able to make it back for season three or at least 
you know, have a, a cameo or a small part in the series because she's a, a really great actress. And I think she could bring a lot to a, you know, a, a new Republic yeah. style character. I, I do. I mean, I think she, she looks Star Wars correct. Uh, I, we said that last week about Skarsgård, you know? Yeah, uh, she just looks like she could be in Star Wars, and as Nick Dude. said, I think she would be on the, the the good guy side. Yeah, I think she she could play like an older Mon Mothma. I mean, if you figure, you know, Mon Mothma still she she looked a little bit older in, in yeah. Episode Six. Jay, poor Jamie Lee she, might be a little too old for yeah. Mon Mothma at that time now. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I could but, see her being like a, a wise person that might have went through the rebellion, might know some things. Uh, yeah. Or she could just play like some crazy ass mob or bounty hunter person, too. You, you never know. I mean, that's uh, I think she's versatile within Star yeah. Wars. I, I, just, I don't see her being involved with the remnant, though. No. Yeah, I, not necessarily. I mean. The only I think the the only person I brought up last time that that she could fit in with the remnant was an old EU a legends character called Yasane. It's Y S S A N E Isard, Isane Isard, and she was like a a grand admiral that took over the Imperial remnant after the fall of the Empire. But I do think that she would probably fit a little bit better on the on the you know the the New Republic slash rebellion side as like a you know one of the the original founders of the new republic or something like that the first one of the first senators um you know something in that kind of yeah. realm yeah yeah i mean she, she she definitely has that that uh i don't know like political look to her if you will leader yeah. leader role uh, maybe, a, you know, sanitized, all buttoned up, sitting there in the new Senate type of deal. But I, I don't know if the Mando would go that route. I think they want to keep it that kind of Wild West. Uh, Underworld. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we got a pretty sterile episode in season one when they went to that New Republic prison ship. So, yeah. You never know, man. I mean, I guess wherever the journey takes Din at this point, we know now he's not just kind of uh, bumming around the galaxy hiding. He actually has a mission. He's been charged by the armorer uh, to find Yoda, his flock, so or the child, his flock. So who knows? He could definitely uh, maybe get a little bit closer to those inner rim territories in season two. Yeah, for sure. So. Good stuff from the Mando, and you know we're all looking forward to season two. Should be coming out soon here on what October, right? That's our release date, October sometime. So October 2020. Keep an eye. Yeah, out. I don't. We, do, we don't have an official day day, but so far they are sticking with October. Yeah, I imagine that they probably haven't been too affected by all the COVID stuff. They they were probably either finished filming. I think we had reported on filming rap for season two um so all they all they may need to do is some pickups if there's some reshoots that they missed and then probably everything that they're doing right now is is post work so keep an eye out october no no words yeah yeah, i would i i would think if they had to delay i mean we've been locked down long enough now i mean it's almost what eight weeks yeah they would have announced yeah they, they would have they would have let that fly by now so, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're good. I think we're going to get this one out. But future stuff, who the fuck knows? I mean, yeah. talking to my, my stunt buddy who's been in Hollywood for 15-plus years, he's like, shit ain't looking good in my arena. Uh, bad enough that he went on unemployment, so. 
Oof, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fucking tough because, like you said, eight weeks of lockdown at the very least so far, and... That means no filming of any Oh, yeah. Time. I mean, he's like... A stunt guy. Yeah, he's like... At this point, Hollywood may not even get back to working until end of 2020. Yeah. Uh, just because... I mean, you got to think about what a production looks like. It's... I mean, you could try to do some social distancing, but not on camera, so... Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's like, how I are mean, you until I guess you scene? just... Everyone gets tested when they walk in, almost like a porn set, you know? You have to prove, like, <laughs> I don't have COVID. You know, I don't have AIDS or gonorrhea or herpes. I can do this porn. It'll be the same thing. I don't have COVID-19. I can work on a Star Wars project, so... Yeah. Um, we'll see. But... They, you know, Disney's feeling confident enough that they may be greenlighting other series for live action series for Star Wars. And that's uh, coming out of Variety. There's a, a story from them stating that Russian Doll, which is a Netflix series, it's like a co- like a dark comedy kind of comedic series on on Netflix. It's really good, by the way. I mean, I know some people will discredit it because women made it, but it's actually really, really good. It's funny, but it's also some good sci-fi type of Groundhog Day shit. Yeah, so um, Leslie Headland is the uh, co-creator of that, and she is rumored to be working on a Star Wars uh, series for Disney+. Plus. Live action, this is not an animated series, and this comes out of Variety. Variety is basically saying that it's a done deal, uh, as Matt put in the post. But as we know, nothing is a done deal until fucking Disney and yeah. Lucasfilm come out and say, stay But it is, like, I'll, don't get me wrong. I mean, if it's ran by someone like a Variety, we're probably going to post it. You know, I've said before, like, yeah. oh, I don't post, I don't get into the rumors and shit. Like, outside of MSW, like, if it's some fucking dumbass on Twitter that said something, like this Noah Outlaw guy that keeps getting play on uh, Star Wars Leaks Reddit, I'm not going to do shit with that. Like, yeah, who is Noah Outlaw? I mean, he, he got some big play last week. Like, he's like, yeah, Gary Witta and Dillinger are working on something. It's like... Okay. okay, so you're saying that a guy, a Star Wars writer, is working on something? Right. That's not a leak. That's just. It's. it's I don't know, man. Sense. It's just sometimes it's like <laughs> the Star Wars uh, fan personally personalities out there that that get play and get exposure versus those that don't, aka the Star Wars Time Show Bros. It blows my mind, man. It just it blows it my sense. fucking mind. It's just like I don't know. Are we not assholes enough that are just willing to go out there and just throw out bullshit? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should just put up a rumor. Kathleen Kennedy is working on a new Star Wars project. Yeah, or, or even better, like I, I know one that will get get play. Just say Kathleen Kennedy fired. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy exiting Lucasfilm. At an undisclosed date. There you go. Right. Yes. <laughs> See, you know how to write some bullshit. Yeah. You just you throw out big ideas, but you don't provide any details. So you, yeah, you always like, have an escape hatch. You can always be like, well, see, I didn't I didn't guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, we said it was an undisclosed date. It just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> like, It's just so much fucking bullshit. But anyway, you know, Leslie Headland, the co-creator, Russian Doll. It's going to be interesting to see what she can cook up. Like, do you think that it will be like a more comedic focused Star well, Wars type of project? I mean, it's it's already getting shit on. Our our buddy Papa wasn't a huge fan. Papa, um, it's okay, man. It's fine. 
<laughs> because I think it is it is a female and it's supposedly going to be a female led cast. So immediately it's like, well, fuck this. They're, they don't have dicks and balls. So they're not, it's not going to be awesome. It's not going to be like, yeah, give me liberty or give me death. I need my freedom. I want to go to a salon. I need tattoos. You know, we that, need to go to Fuddruckers. Yeah, that, that type Fud of mentality. Ruckers. That type of mentality. But, but I, I've I mean, seen a lot of play that because of the female centric kind of tag this is getting that this could be the dr afra project that was kind of rumored about a few months ago see dude that would be fucking sick is if this was a dr afra project that would be awesome and then you can't say like oh this is female-led it's gonna be shit i mean the the lead character in rogue one and the entire disney you know new trilogy was was female-led and like those were really good movies like i don't care what you have to say, Rogue One and at least The Force Awakens were fantastic movies that Disney made that were led by female characters. So, like, you got to let go of that shit, first off. If that's, your, if that's like, your, your issue with it is that it's female-led, then I don't know what to tell you. But this woman has proven to create good content, and if they are doing a Dr. Aphra series with her at the head of it, I think that would be fucking awesome. And, well, and here's like, the one thing where that may not work, because they do... Variety is saying at least that it's set in a different part of the Star Wars timeline than most of the content available today. Yeah, she would still fall in. Oh, I mean, Aphra's huge original trilogy. I mean, she's was Darth Vader's, I wouldn't say uh, second hand, but almost. I mean, he he used her for a lot of his little shady projects he had on the side. Yeah. Uh, plus, she works a lot with Luke in the, in the uh, Rebels here and there. So uh, she's a very interesting character and someone I would still like to see in a series. I just I don't know if this will be the one. But yeah. back to the girl stuff. I, I don't know why Star Wars fans, in particular men, don't like females in Star Wars. I mean, females are beautiful creatures, my friends. Also, the best the best character in Star Wars history, arguably, is Princess Leia, like right. General Organa. I mean, these days, look look at look what fucking Ahsoka Tano is up to. Right. I mean, come I mean, on, let's get over this shit. I mean, um, I mean, if anything else, Rey is a is a very attractive young lady. Like, can we just agree on that, my friends? I mean, that isn't everything in life, but it just seems like if a if a woman is in a lead role in Star Wars, <laughs> instantly it's like, fuck them. Fuck that show. Fuck She's that so lady. Weird. She's a Mary Sue. It's like, I don't get it, but... I saw some Mary Sue talk about Ahsoka after this episode, and I just completely <laughs> dismissed it. Ah, I, was like, I knew it. They, they can't help themselves. Even on, like, George Lucas-blessed characters, they still can't help it. Oh yeah, I mean, like this is literally, like Ugh. literally, this wasn't even Dis- like <laughs> Disney had nothing to do with this. Like this was all done. This is a George Lucas Disney character, George yeah. and Dave, man. I mean, I mean, Dave I mean, just went out. I, I don't know if anyone read or if you read it, Nick. I didn't post it because fuck them. But was it Variety or, or Entertain? One of them did a a big expose on the character of Ahsoka Tano and how she originated and where where she's come. But at one point in time, George more or less had her in Attack of the Clones. I mean, he should have fucking had her. She was going to be called Ashla. Uh, But then, like, for whatever reason, they pulled her out. And then that's when he's like, you know what? I want to give Anakin an apprentice. And Dave's like, what the fuck? That's crazy. But that's George. I mean, that's the type of shit he would just come up with. And now look at the character. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes George's crazy ideas hit, and sometimes they miss, and this one was for sure. Well, yeah, I, I remember when that. it was announced that Anakin was, was going to have a paddle, I'm like, what the fuck is he smoking now? Because this was still during, like, my prequel hate, you know, fucking George ruined Star Wars, all that fun stuff. It, when I heard this, you know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm up for some new Star Wars. We'll give it a try. It's animated. It's different. It's not the prequels bite size content right and then they're minutes. like oh anakin's gonna have a paddle and i go huh huh <laughs> that fucking bozo you just portrayed in in the live action he had a, a padawan really i can only imagine your your reaction to it when you were like they're giving anakin a padawan and there's gonna be a full-length animated movie coming out you were probably like this is bullshit well, i was <laughs> Fuck this. it was yeah i was i was i was uh, skeptical but again i am a star wars junkie so this was what 2008 we were three years removed from what we all thought was the last star wars movie we were ever gonna get so i was like hey fuck it it's Star Wars, it's on the big screen, I'm going to give it a try, and you know, I ended up liking the Clone Wars, and uh, I love it now, I mean, look what it's turned into, but I don't know, it was an interesting time back then when he, when George was throwing out some of these ideas, but Ahsoka is a George and Dave creation, Dave himself is a George Lucas creation, let's be real, yeah. uh, I mean, he is George Lucas Jr., in every sense of the word, at least when it comes to telling Star Wars stories. So get over it. Yep. So keep your eyes out. Keep your ears out for any news about this new possible series coming to Disney Plus from Russian Doll co-creator Leslie Headland. Um, and then we got some more. We ha- we're still on the Disney Plus train here and we have some more news. This is official news. This isn't rumors this isn't speculation official casting news from starwars.com but it it did confirm two of the rumors we talked about last week we did so um we talked about two of them like you said matt from variety last week about stellan skarsgård and kyle stoller being added to the casting andor series so those are confirmed um uh, via starwars.com and then we also have two other casting announcements for casting andor Genevieve O'Reilly, which is the girl who played Mon Mothma in Rogue One, behind me, um, she will be returning to the series as Mon Mothma, and there is another uh, character being added, being played by Denise Go, G-O-U-G-H, I don't know how you say her last name, uh, she is going to be joining the series in a yet-to-be-revealed role, so you got four new characters, or four confirmed characters coming to Casting Andor series, Stellan Skarsgård, Kyle Stoller, Genevieve O'Reilly, and Denise go apparently uh, this denise was in she plays yennefer in the witcher 3 wild hunt the game yes in the actual game um not yennefer in the tv series um but she also played a role in that dead um got prequel pilot so there was you know they basically made two game of thrones follow-up series one of them got greenlit and one of them didn't she was apparently uh, in the one that did not get greenlit. So looks like uh, she's, she's done, done some like some video stuff. game stuff a lot, actually, early on. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of voice work know, in in video games. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront, XCOM. Yeah, yeah. a lot huh. of stuff like that. Divinity. Well, she's been fucking working. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I mean, she she puts in the time and the work and. You know, she's got a lot of stuff in production now, even like uh, TV series, short, short, you know, short videos, video games. So 
working actress. I mean, you think she uh, could be a a love interest for young Cassian? I mean, she definitely could be because we we all know that that Cassian in the movie is not a fan of of close romantic relationships until the very end of the movie where he gets fucking disintegrated by a a blast from Death Star yeah. One. So uh, yeah, he um, forgot his suntan lotion. Yeah, you could say that him and Jin both. So. Um, it was actually no. They're they're trying cool. to kill the coronavirus with light, yeah. right? With light, with with very powerful yeah, they, sunlight. They got a transmission from our galaxy from Great Leader. Yeah, they were like, oh, if you just drink this disinfectant <laughs> or di- inject it, and then if you just if you sit oh, in, the, in a UV right. tanning salon bed for long enough. Yeah, that that was a deleted scene. We didn't get to see them doing their shots of bleach, but what they're doing when we see them die, they're trying to zap the virus with light. That's right. That's right. So yeah, and uh, um, Tarkin just kind of he used a little too much light. Yes, yeah, too powerful. One reactor was still too much. <laughs> they probably should have went with a half reactor. So uh, um, I'm starting to think Tarkin should show up and just fucking zap Earth. I know, right? Uh, if we see the Death Star like fucking shadow just start coming over us, we're like, oh, you know what? This makes sense. Yeah, here this we go. Actually, makes a lot of sense. Here we go. <laughs> so. Um, Casting Andor 2021 is likely what we're going to be. Yeah, and your boy uh, Gilroy's all over it now, huh? Yeah, dude. Tony Tony Gilroy is now treating this as his, his Mr. I fucking hate Star Wars, but I'll gladly take work in Star Wars. Yeah, and he's even got his brother in. Oh on yeah, it, nep- nepotism is, left and right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean Dan Dan actually has some nerd cred behind him because he he worked on that aborted Superman movie. The Nicolas Cage one. He oh, was that a, uh, crazy ass one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like he came in and worked on that one. And then the other writers are Bo Willimon, who's most well known for uh, House of Cards on Netflix. And then Steve Schiff. Uh, he did Kong uh, Skull Island. That's not bad. Yeah. Skull, Skull Island's good. Steve Schiff did The Americans. Uh, Wall Street, the second Wall Street movie. Um, so a lot of good writing talent on this, on this show. So I'm, I'm expecting good things from it, especially, I mean, look, we give Gilroy shit because he was a shithead when he first did. Yeah. But he, he made know, some the, legit the changes. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, just a he, fucking he, cocksucker. I, I just, I hate arrogant fucking narcissistic yeah. dickwads. He's a shithead, but he gave us that Vader scene and you know, you got only good things to say about that. So that's our Cassian news for, for this <laughs> You know, for this cast, nothing else that we know about. We don't even know the fucking name of the series yet. There's no even not even an official name. Even StarWars.com just refers to it as the Cassian Andor series. There you go. So um, the Cassian, yeah, I mean, right? They'll just call it the Cassian. Yeah, Star Wars, the Cassian. All, all Star Wars live action shows will just be the, and then the name of the character. I think that fits now. I mean, it, right. we've seen success already, so why change the formula? Yeah. Um. Now we're getting out of TV, you know, out of TV land into movie land, and we're talking about Rise of Skywalker here. Just a quick PSA for you guys that are on the Disney Plus train. If you're not on the fucking Disney Plus train, I don't know what you're doing at this point because that's where all the good content's coming is Disney Plus. So, uh, for well, those I mean, these days for sure. I mean, with the Clone Wars and now uh, with Star Wars Day, we're we're getting Tross. Yep. We're getting the Mando behind the scenes, Clone Wars closing out, Finale. but th- this yep. is kind of a surprise, I think. Yeah, so you're, you're going to get Tross on May the 4th on Disney+. Plus. 
So for those of you who don't own it on digital, you don't have to worry about that anymore because you're going to have the full nine episode Skywalker saga available on Disney Plus on May the 4th. So if you want to do your binge, if you want to do it, the impossible watch through of all nine in a row in one sitting, you can do it on May the 4th. Could you uh, do it in a, in a day straight? I, I bet it's pretty damn close, isn't it? I, yeah, I think if, if you're clocking in at two and a half hours per movie, so that's put you at like, man, it's like 20. 500 hours divided by ot equals 65, okay, times four <laughs> divided by the street. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you're yeah, right. You'll have, you, you could do them all in in one day but you would you would literally be like midnight to like 11 p.m or like really like 10 35 p.m it would be a it would be a run through it'd be a slog essentially be like living with a four-year-old star wars fan that just wants to watch the same shit over and over yeah i mean that's what you should do it's like you need to tell charlie it's like charlie now that you're old enough to understand star wars May the fourth is Star Wars Day. This is the day. See, I've been, I'm, I'm trying to lay that out. Trust me. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to talk that this household in, which is just myself, the little one, and my wife. That next Monday is a holiday. Yeah. And that we should observe it by at least taking a half day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, get up early, do all your work. Yeah, do all your work, and then enjoy the the other part of the day to watch some Star Wars content. I mean, my psycho ass. I'm kind of bummed out about Star Wars Day, and that's only because I'm now going to have to do a heavy-ass mental episode of Clone Wars Friday, and then 48 hours later, I'm going to have to fucking consume the series finale. The last one. And then get all the videos out for that. It's just like, I mean, there's work involved, which is fine. It's it's Star Wars work. But just knowing that we're, we're going to get into some heavy-ass shit in episodes 11 and 12, just don't know if I can take it without a, a week know. break, man. I was liking those week breaks to recover a little bit, so. Especially with these final four. I mean, these are all heavy. Oh, my heavy God, episodes, dude. So. And we're, we're, we're getting to the, the Clone Wars talk at this point. This is what I've been looking forward to, but... Uh, just final reminder, Tross hitting Disney Plus May the 4th. It's actually $10 off right now if you want to buy it digital. So suckers like Nick and I definitely took it, took it up the butt <laughs> on this one, but whatever. Uh, yeah. My kid has already watched it like five times since we bought it, so well worth well it. Worth well it. worth <laughs> it. But I'll tell you something that's really worth your time these days, Nick, and that is The Clone Wars Season oh. 7, the final season. Um, we got episode uh, 10 this past week. This is the one that Whitwer was going to, uh, was teasing that was going to blow minds and it paid off. Uh, him and that other guy, they're saying this is the best Clone Wars you've ever seen. And I think that paid off as well. So as we uh, do when Clone Wars is in season, we're going to go through, kind of pick apart some of its Easter eggs, talk about some of the, uh, iconic moments that Nick and I came across while watching it. Uh, and then we'll, we'll dive into some other things, kind of breaking it apart in particular Maul. Uh, yeah. Maul moved me in episode 10 so much that I did a a third video for Clone Wars Friday just to detail all the new things we learned about Maul. Uh, but before we get there, man, let's just kind of do what we do. Go through here and and rattle off some of the Easter eggs first. And, and you know, 
We've said it. You've seen it on the socials. You've probably said it yourself. Th- this episode was a banger. I mean, it was fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. From the cinematography, from the music they chose, from the action, from the dialogue, it was... Ah, it's like, oh, the Star Wars gods love us again. They are showering us with their joy. It's just, it was fucking beautiful. Beautiful stuff. It it really, it set up what we know is coming towards the end of the series. And it also just, it made Maul a unforgettable character in Star Wars. And And look, Maul was already like one of these you know star wars fucking shooting stars you you see him in episode one everybody falls in love with him and then they had the good sense to to put him back in in the clone Wars series and even in rebels but like now this thread and the way not only that they they, they handled him in story in in the actual storytelling of the series but how they handled him in terms of the acting and the voice acting was magnificent he's fantastic it, it, dude he's fantastic it, brought it to another level so not only do you have sam witwer who has voiced maul since he's been brought into the tv series as the voice actor but you have ray park the guy the the guy who played maul in episode one come in and do the mocap for this massive incredible fight scene between maul and ahsoka so you bring the two malls together again after their time together on solo just for that one little piece you bring them back together and it it feels like Darth Maul has it, it's the most important character in in the Clone Wars era of Star Wars like yeah. even though he's only in the first movie him being here throughout the Clone Wars through Rebels he is just the quintessential Sith for this timeline in my opinion now like he just fits he's so fantastic well I mean story. you got Sidious up there who's got the biggest dick in the galaxy so you always got that guy in terms of uh who is the 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 most uh, impressive Sith during this area, but in terms of just a dark side bad guy villain character, yeah, he's a god. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to go too far into my jizzing all over Maul mm-hmm. uh, talk. I'll save that for the Maul knew every detail, but top three for me at this point, if not top two, Star oh, Wars yeah. character. I mean, because. Dooku was just a pawn. Dooku was just, he was literally right, just and so was Maul. As Maul self owns, and that's that's the best part. Maul knew it all. Like he knew even yeah. more than Dooku. Dooku knew a lot of the plot, but he didn't know everything. You saw yeah. that look when he looked over at Palpatine. Like, hey man, is, he's gonna cut my fucking head off, dude. Are you gonna stop him? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, do it, do it, and I see ya. Right. So yeah. again, let's let's save all that for the mall stuff, because I mean, we, we could dedicate 30 minutes just to mall and what we learned about him, how he thinks, how he plans, what he knows and just his overall connection to the force. Uh, so let's kind of do what we usually do. Start with the Easter eggs here. Um, I actually wrote them down this time, Nick, so you can see them. <laughs> yeah, I got him right here. But so number one, right, yeah. starting off with Maul. I mean, we get right in the opening scene. Maul knew of the impending fall of the Republic to a T. I mean, as he is interrogating Ahsoka, you can see he he even like makes a twitch, like, "Oh shit, yeah, it's getting pretty fucking close now." Actually, now yeah, that, now that you're here coming. and things are progressing, it's almost time. 
Uh, and as we learned throughout the episode, I mean, he knows everything. He, he knows everything that Sidious has been up to. He knows why the clones were created. He knows how hard the Jedi have failed. He knows their time is over. And most importantly, <laughs> the Anakin Skywalker shit was just like... Yeah, like him knowing that Anakin was the, the key. key to the plan. Yeah, he's like, everything. Like, I mean, and I think... I don't know if, if Star Wars fans really ever understood that about Sidious's long game. Yes, he was doing all this other shit, but Anakin Skywalker, the moment he saw that little boy, that's when he knew. He's like, okay, this is what I need to officially pull this little thing off that I've been planning. The grand plan, if you will, the Sith grand plan, which again was to eradicate the Jedi from the galaxy. Um, it just it, it's insane. I mean, again, the yeah. Jedi and their hubris—they they are so blinded to all of this. It also shows you how strong Sidious's control of the dark side was to cloud their vision, but he couldn't cloud Maul's vision because Maul believed and followed the dark side. Like he was—it was almost like he was sniffing it like a drug, right? He's like. <sighs> Uh, the dark side is so strong right now. And, and like, that's how Maul could see everything that the Jedi could not. But it, it, it also shows you how fucking stupid they were. But anyways, yeah. we get that, that great reference there with Maul. Up next, this was another. I just, I love that Filoni decided to do this to show us. Okay, hey guys, this episode is literally taking place soon after Anakin kills Dooku. Yeah, like literally within the episode three time. Right, before like we are. it was before Obi left for Utapau. I mean, it was right after that. So this is the first time we've ever had a Clone Wars episode showing content during the same timeline as Rot. So that was huge because he mentions Dooku death, Utapau mission, and the big one, the council making a foolish decision and putting Anakin as a spy attached to uh, Palpatine, not the Emperor yeah. yet. I mean, just in that part, like the the reaction from Ahsoka was oh, so good. I right. Mean, I mean, again, it just shows you even how fucking stupid Kenobi was at this point in time. Like his, yeah. his belief in the Jedi, they always do everything right. Even he couldn't understand that making Anakin a spy against someone he considers a friend slash father figure. It's just fucking stupid. And, and, and yeah. as you said, Ahsoka looked at Obi-Wan like you guys will never learn. You are so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's like where do you, it's like you think that every Jedi is just so loyal to the council that they'll do whatever you say. Right. Like you don't look at the intricacies of interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. You just assume that everybody lives by the code and right. that's just not how it and is. And they don't have so. feelings. Yet Anakin yeah. makes it clear from the time he is a little boy that he is going to struggle with his feelings of attachment. Oh yeah. He can't the, the, shake the second- that emotion. He can't shake that emotion yet. <laughs> They still make this decision because they're all butthurt that Palpatine put him on the council. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just you follow him and tell us everything he does. Yeah. I mean, the second that he walked away from his mother and then ran back and say and said, you know, I'm going to come back to free right. you. You you know that that is his mission. That is his goal is the attachment to his mother. And as soon as as that moment in episode two happened, that's where it it all went down. Like the, the one thing in his life that was always there, a consistent peace. Once that was taken away from him, the dark side was just completely oh, open yeah. inside of him. Right. 
So, so I mean, they're just yeah. fucking Jedi suck. They really do. They really do suck. That's why I love Maul was just talking mad shit in that throne room. Like their time <laughs> is over. They're fucking stupid. They're idiots. Join me. Uh, up next, Maul does the Kylo Ren mind scan on Clone Jesse. That was a, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah that was like a nice that. little nod. Uh, Vader's theme plays as Al Mack explains Skywalker was a target. Also, and this I they actually confirmed this in the official StarWars.com breakdown of this episode. His final words of Skywalker w- was a nod to Yoda. Okay. Dying in Jedi, right? Because he's like, there is yeah. another Skywalker. <laughs> right? So, yeah. same thing. Al Mack's like, Skywalker, he's dead. So, I-, I thought it was great. Plus, anytime I get a Williams theme popping up, hinting at dark shit like Vader, like, yeah, uh, I'll go for it. It makes the list. Uh, up next, in this one, I, I'm still calling it. this. That was fucking Prince Zizor of the Black Sun. I know he's not canon anymore in StarWars.com. They didn't even mention it. They mentioned that Dryden Voss was there too. Uh, yep. But I'm telling you, that was Zizor of the Black Sun as fucking Mad Krim of the Pikes and Dryden Voss of Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, they, they may not come out and, and mention it now because, you know, they don't want to go and canonize old things yet, but yeah, it was 100%. 100% Prince Zizor. Right? I mean, that's fucking Prince Zizor. Yeah. I mean, he looks just that's, like him. Look at that. Unless I'm, they I'm pulling just, up. like, change his fucking name. <laughs> like, they're like, it's not Prince Zizor, it's Prince Mizor now, guys. Come on. No, they really, like, but, I, I just looked at it. It was, it, like, StarWars.com, they kind of do breakdowns of the episode and, and highlight interesting things, and they threw out some weird name. I'm like, fuck you. It's Prince Zizor. So there you go. You people can see. You'll see it on the YouTube version. I pulled up just a Google search of Zizor. And okay, you, you looking at all these now? All right. Now now look at the, the Zizor part. It's like, come on. Give me a fucking break, people. That is Zizor <laughs> right there. Look at that. That is motherfucking Zizor. Uh, but I, I mean, obviously, just another great little Easter egg nod, but it, it doubly confirms that Maul had Crimson Dawn up and running well before the fall of the Republic, uh, which, you know, for dorks like us, is kind of cool lore to know about. Yeah. I mean, the whole Shadow Syndicate was come was already together, like that entire collection of, yeah. of crime syndicates. Yeah, the, was the, the, done. the Shadow Collective and, and Maul was their clear Shadow. leader. I mean, Again, knowing what he knows is about to happen with Sidious's plan, he says, hey, people, shit's about to get fucking nuts. Trust me, chill for a little bit, and we will be able to rise with more power and control than we've ever had. I know. That was such a good, like, like that. Yeah, he's like, he, I mean, everything about Maul in this episode was good, but, like, those little nuggets, like, Filoni putting that shit in there, just, he, he has the next level Star Wars brain. Yeah. To be able to say, like, okay, yeah, all this is going on with Maul and Ahsoka, Fall of Republic, everything like that. But we know that the Shadow Collective is coming, so let's put this in here and make sure that people realize that this is all building towards oh, his yeah. ultimate ascendance. It, like, it, it also shows, like, how those syndicates were able to grab so much power in, in infamy after the fall of the Republic during the rise of the empire. I mean, yeah, Maul it, basically told him it's coming. Get ready. Yeah. The <laughs> chaos. I mean, that's what he says. He's like, yeah. get ready for the chaos, my friends. So, uh, I, I just, I mean, all these references were just freaking brilliant so far. Um, 
Maul, when he's talking to his Maul DeLoreans, in particular Gar and Rook, I mean, he directly mentions the Son of Dathomir comic book plot when he's like, you two came and saved me because Dooku and Sidious lock his ass up. Right. I, I still don't know why Sidious never killed him, but we're going to get to that because a fan left a pretty interesting comment on our YouTube that uh, kind of makes sense. Or I don't know if we already talked about this either way. I know uh, you mentioned it to me. Y- but I don't yeah. Think sometimes I think I have conversations with you in my head, but we never really <laughs> have them out in the open so other people yeah. can hear. Uh, but we'll talk about that during the mention segment. Uh, same scene. He foreshadows the exact plight of the Mandalorian saying, you are not the people that are going to sit down here and live like sewer rats. I mean, essentially trying to rally them up to get ready so they could go die so he could go do his stuff. Because again, he is a dark side user. He is the leader of the Shadow Collective. He only cares about himself and his power, but he's great at using people. But I mean, to me, Nick, that was that was a very clear line put in there from Filoni like, hey, yeah, Guess what's coming, you reference. suckers, because you, you fell in with these bad guys, and now the Empire's going to take over, and Gar's going to side with them, and you all are going to end up living in sewers. Oh, yeah, that was a good little nod. Um, and we actually, uh, I'll save it for mentions. We got another great fan comment on that. Uh, he, someone thinking that Rook may be someone we've seen in The Mandalorian. Um... We talked about this as a huge one. Maul knowing about Skywalker's fall. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing that was the mind-blowing part. I mean, him knowing about Sidious's plan, to me, wasn't that huge, considering they already kind of had a fight in Clone Wars because Sidious saw Maul gaining power. Yeah. Um, but just the, the fact that Darth Maul had a direct vision from the Force about Skywalker's fall to Vader and how that is the linchpin to Sidious's plan... That, to me, was huge because it motivates Maul to try to work with Ahsoka. Yeah, I know. Like, um, I mean, we'll get to it a little bit later, but like Sam Whitworth said an interesting thing in the Clone Wars download this week about like it's always more interesting when you have a, a meeting between two adversaries and the guy who's on the bad side is actually has the better plan. Right, and, and, and I made that point. I'm like, and this is how Sith kind of roll in Star Wars. They always tell the truth. Yeah. They always tell the good guys exactly what is happening. The problem is the good guys just can't get over that. They cannot look at a bad guy and, and trust them. And, and Ahsoka got very close. She yeah. was ready to join him. Like how many join me moments have we had in Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, where yeah, it, mean, typically they don't join or when they join, bad fucking shit happens. Right. I mean, Vader did it to his son. That didn't work out too well for Luke. Uh, Palpatine does it to Anakin. That doesn't work out too well for the galaxy. And now yeah. Maul does it to Ahsoka and it didn't work out too well for Maul. And it's really not going to work out too well for Ahsoka either. But you're right. I mean, Sam was essentially saying, like, look, Maul told her the straight up truth. His plan was going to be better than what she had in her head, but she just could not accept that Sky Guy, her man, her master, would be, gonna, yeah, yeah. W- would become a true tear and the reason Sidious would be able to fully get rid of the Jedi and take over the galaxy. Yeah, the, the, the ultimate crushing blow to the Republic was going to be 
the one person that she looked at as like a, a brother right through for, for it, most of her life and, I mean, she, it, and that's hard for anybody to accept of so. course like i'm not i'm not sitting here like oh so so fucking stupid i mean clearly she only knows one side of the coin uh like uh, the jedi she cannot see what sidious is doing in the dark side of the force he literally has a barrier up they can't see shit yoda says it himself was that in clones yeah exactly like right at the end he's like how the fuck did this happen Yo's like i don't know it fucking dark side some strong shit yeah (laughs) we literally he fucking he's got the veil over our eyes so i'm not blaming her either but sam's right i mean if she would have went with maul who knows what would happen maybe they would have stopped the fall of the republic uh, we'll never know, but th- that's why this fucking episode was so good. Last one before we get in our top moments, real quick. Of course, we got the uh, homage to Maul's TPM lightsaber ignition, where he brings the the staff up and is like, yeah, you know, he didn't get any nuts after that. And I didn't put it in here, but that was Ray Park. Yep, which is awesome. That yeah, I mean that to me, like watching. Watching the Clone Wars, you know, behind the scenes for this episode, like seeing Ray, like that may be one of my top moments. And it's not even like a direct, you know, something that happened directly in the episode, like seeing that behind the scenes, seeing Ray Park take up Maul again in a combat sense, because yes, he played the live action version of Maul in Solo, but you didn't get to really see him do anything. No, like all yeah. of those moves that you saw in the fight between Ahsoka and Maul, that was Ray Park as Maul. And oh, that yeah. was you know an equally um talented stunt person playing ahsoka i can't remember i think it was was lauren may yeah lauren lauren may kim or lauren something like that lauren kim i mean watching that behind the scenes and seeing like ray park literally fucking doing flips and corkscrews in the air and all the shit that he put into that (laughs) it looked like he had a little beer gut and he was still fucking flipping around like a boss i mean he definitely looks thicker than he did way back in the mid 90s which yeah a lot of us do when 20 years of life passes us by but dude can still move and and he even said that because of maul's robo robo legs that's why he was doing more of those like high torque movements and, and spin twists and uh, yeah. kind of really bringing the, the, the pressure down with a lot of the jump moves. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, that fight scene in general, I mean, it was such a fucking good scene and it shows you that one Ahsoka is to a level in her training to where she can hang with yeah. a Sith Lord who at one point killed a Jedi master and you know, and and you also get to see, and this is something again that Sam mentioned, like the the vulnerability of Maul's mental state, especially given what's going on in the galaxy. Like, what is Maul fighting for at that point, and what is Ahsoka fighting for? And that's why that fight is so even, because the stakes were much higher for Ahsoka than they were for Maul. Maul exactly, was essentially fighting for power. Just. Yeah, for power. And it, Ahsoka is fighting against everything that Maul had just said. About her you know, best friend. Exactly. About the, the fall of her, of her master, her brother, her, the closest person in her life. She's fighting against the idea that the only way to save the Republic is to team up with this once, you know, evil Sith Lord. Like, she has a purpose in life, and Maul really doesn't. And that's why that fight plays out the way that it does. And... You know, for people pointing out, like, I mean, the, one of the things I saw online I thought was really fucking stupid was, like, they're standing, like, at the end of the fight, Ahsoka is disarmed. She's standing on that, like, fallen, like, they're both standing on, like, this half-cut-off piece of piping. 
and they're like, well, if Maul would have just cut in front of him, then Ahsoka would have fallen to her death and that would have been the end of it. Maul's such a weak-minded character. I was like, "What?" That it's just like, when people point out shit like that, one, it's super, it's just really dumb because Maul, one, Maul is a mentally weak character and we've kind of seen that, like, he knows shit, but like he he loses because of his rage. I mean, that's why yeah. he lost against young Kenobi. He he got cocky. He was taunting them. He couldn't even he couldn't even envision that Kenobi would be able to flip behind him and kill him. He yeah. loses to old Kenobi again because of his rage. He 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 didn't grow. Uh, I yeah. mean, there, there's a great video of, of Sam explaining that their final duel when Kenobi kills him and, and why Kenobi dispatches of him so easily. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's because Maul is consumed by his rage. He can never think beyond that. And that's why he lost against Ahsoka. All she did was use his forward momentum against him. Like yeah, he, he was I mean, coming right at her and she essentially just bull sidestepped him like, Ole and see yeah, you later. Matador. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's mental weakness. Like you can say everything you want about Maul. Yes. He's intelligent. He's cunning. He knows how to manipulate people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have a mental weakness that right. leads to his downfall often. And he does. And it's, yep. it's that inability to see past what is right in front of him. Like to think just the next step ahead in terms of when, when he is in that situation, in a combat situation, he gets too caught up and he can't think straight. All he can think about is run through something. And if that exactly. doesn't work, then he doesn't know what to do. He's fucked. Yeah, when, when it comes to fighting, I, I made a lot of uh, kind of, it's like, you know, when Maul was introduced in TPM, he was just kind of an animal. He was a beast. Yeah. Uh, that's why it was so refreshing to get him back in the Clone Wars. But in, in this episode in particular, we saw his mind like th th this guy knows a lot he knows how to control people he knows how to motivate people he knows how to get shit done but as nick is saying when it comes to the heat of the battle when it comes to if he's not getting his way all he can focus on is his rage and that's all he relies on he doesn't even it's almost like he doesn't even rely on the force anymore he's just relying on that red he sees in his eyes and all he can think is take out whatever is in front of me there there is no reflection you would never see a darth maul sit down and start to meditate in the in the middle of a duel like qui-gon jinn to get recentered. Uh, and if you did he probably would have kicked the shit out of fucking ahsoka i mean he yeah. had her by the tails if you will her <laughs> sabers were gone she was on a ledge but because he was so pissed that she would not join him Right. That was the last thing. Right. He made one more yeah. attempt. He's like, you know, join me or die, motherfucker. This is it. And she again was like, never. And he's like, ah, and just charges yeah. her and wasn't thinking, couldn't foresee her defense and see you later. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like he has this desire to have everybody fall by his blade. And like all it takes is like, just think about the fight between Luke and Darth Vader in episode five. Like at a certain point in that fight. Vader wasn't even trying to hit him. Like, when they get in the hallway right before, like, they get sucked out onto the platform where Luke jumps off, Vader literally just fucking drops his saber oh, yeah. and is just using the force to throw he's shit just, He's him. toying with him. I mean, he's like, this yeah. this is, this isn't even fair. Ma 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 my son's a pussy. I'm just going like, to chill. He, yeah, like, he needs, like, Maul needs to press the action and be in your face, and he needs to kill you with his blade, with his rage. He right. cannot let, you know 
tactics and intelligence when a battle. Although, it, it, you know, if let's say if his plan did get carried out and Anakin showed up there, those two fight very similarly in terms of they both fight with power yeah, and, and some malice to it and some rage. That would have uh, been an incredible fight. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a fun fight because <laughs> they really do just kind of go at it. Anakin fights, in my opinion, fights more like a dark side user than a uh, even his master uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah, uh, I mean, he fights. I mean, just even in our stupid Swago game. I mean, <laughs> not even generally. I can just regular Anakin. You get that guy leveled up, and he is a fucking bulldozer. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got a one AOE attack where he's just like double slash. I mean, you, you can wipe out a whole squad of five. That, that's like he fights with power just like Maul does. So it it would have been a very yeah. interesting battle. Yeah, that's why. But that's the thing is like that's why Maul would never be able to beat Obi Wan. Because Obi-Wan thinks too much. Exactly. Like he plans his attacks. Do you, so, uh, do you think Maul could beat Anakin Skywalker? I don't think so. Because when it comes down to it, I think that Anakin would be smart enough to know that... And that just the, the, the pure power and, and the yeah. connection to the Force is just so much stronger. The Force is, yeah, it's, it's on his side. And he would eventually, like use the force in the course of the battle and then once that happens maul would not be able to come back right. like yeah. he would not if it's not blade to blade and i yes i know that maul technically used the force in the fight with with obi-wan he fucking semi-force pushed him back but he he couldn't do it the way that anakin could anakin would i think would be it would be a a, a longer fight than it needed to be because if anakin would settle out of his rage to start with. He could probably kill him pretty easy, but with both of them being so heavily focused on, you know, their anger and, and fighting right. in a, in like a visceral way, it would probably go on for a while. Okay. And then do you think yeah. Darth Maul could beat a physically damaged Darth Vader? That's not yes. the same character as Anakin Skywalker. He is yes. a physically weakened version of Anakin. I think Maul's too fast. I think Maul would kill him. Because, I mean, we've seen, I mean, again, this is in Legends, but, like, we've seen Jedi, like, pretty meager Jedi almost beat a, a weakened Vader because he just doesn't have that, the str- like, he doesn't have the quickness to be able to, to stop attacks from somebody well, like Well, even early on, he, the dude was still just trying to figure out his armor. Like, I mean, he, yeah. he was still trying to move like his former self, but he realized, you know, half my body's gone. Yeah, I can't I mean, fucking I think, do what I used to do. I think that Maul would easily dispatch Luke Skywalker, even even like Episode Six Luke Skywalker that that walks into that fucking. Oh, you know, look battle. at that! Look at that! I, I think he would just because Luke had no no like the thing is is that Luke was fighting against his father who was already in a weakened mental state, and Luke would he had no official training and he was yeah. going against somebody who was in a very diminished state right. mentally and physically. He's not only fighting his son, which he won't admit that he cares about, but he does and he doesn't want to kill him. And he can't, Darth Vader could not stand up to the vicious attack that Luke threw at him at the end. Like just, yeah, you're right. You're right. Pretty I mean. standard overhead slashes and powerful attacks. Like he crumbled under that. Could you imagine if Darth Maul came at him fucking flipping and like weaving in and out of his attack. Yeah, I mean, I let's think, face I it. Maul they, can essentially move like Yoda with a lightsaber, but he's normal size. 
Yeah, like Maul would cut him up. Like he would he would find openings in that defense and he would cut him to pieces. Like full-fledged Anakin Skywalker like pri- like right prior to the fall, like that, you know, right when he fell, that that Anakin Skywalker would give Maul trouble. Like before he fought, before he got to Mustafar or before yeah, before he got to Mustafar and before he fought Obi-Wan, that he what if what okay let, let's say we we're running our star wars combat arena and we make the rules okay. and they could only use the force vader and maul still oh, maul, vader or, maul yeah they can only use force no no I lightsaber still, no physical just force i think i think it's vader still like even without even as much force power as he lost by losing he's, he's still seven. made of the force i'm with you yeah yeah, seventy-five percent of his limbs are gone. He still beats them in force power. Alone. Okay, but I, I'm kind of with you. If it was just a lightsaber battle, I think Maul could take out Darth Vader. Yeah, I think so too. It's just the guy has just his attack. The way that he attacks is so dynamic, and the only thing that beats him is foresight. Is just the is just the ability. Yeah, uh, yeah, being calm, <laughs> not being fucking full of rage, which we know Vader is. So, it, it yeah. would it'd probably be a good fight. I don't, I, these are always fun conversations. I like this type of stuff, but I don't know, man. Maul, Maul, Maul. That's all I can say about Episode Ten here, The Phantom Apprentice. Which now we know why that was titled that way. It was actually I was making fun of it last week, but it was it's a pretty clever title uh, yeah. because let's face it, Maul was trying to bring Ahsoka in as as an apprentice slash partner, but uh, let's, let's kind of, we, we've talked about our eggs. Let's go through some of the top moments before we get into just more mall talk. Cause I love, love the mall right now. Uh, I, we've probably already talked about a lot of these tops ones. I mean, the, the first top I had written down when I first viewed the episode, Nick was the Kenobi tying in all those rots moments. Uh, I just like weaving the live action and in, in, in with this uh, animation. And then as we've been discussing it, uh, by episode 12, I, I think these last four episodes of the Clone Wars will be a a very fine replacement for Revenge of the Sith if you do not want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I love that Kenobi kind of brought the timelines together. We, we, we talked about this, so no reason to keep going into it, but Ahsoka being able to realize that Anakin's mission as a spy was just fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we haven't talked about, and I think this was huge, and I'm, I'm glad they showed this, but... The fact that Kenobi specifically pulled her aside and said, hey, I think Anakin could really talk to you right now. Like yeah. You could almost sense that Obi-Wan was starting to feel like this shit could go sideways with Anakin and Palpatine. Uh, so maybe if Ahsoka talks to him because he, he's never going to listen to me. I'm always his big brother, dad, evil Jedi Council guy. So maybe if Ahsoka can talk to him, it would help. But what happens? Maul, she gets called away. Uh, so yeah. that 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 could have been the moment where she potentially herself saves the galaxy just by yeah. saying something to Sky Guy. But as we know, that it's not meant to be. So I'm glad that we kind of got to see that. Why didn't she ever get to talk to him again? Yeah, uh, and I mean that because I'm going through and watching Rebels and like you know that that scene when they're on Malachor in that moment where Vader is taught, like she splits the helmet, she sees his face and, and then he talks to her. Like you realize that a conversation from Ahsoka at the right time literally could have saved his yeah, life. Cause then doesn't he, I mean, as all shitheads do, doesn't he blame her essentially? Like wh- oh, yeah. where were you? Why did you, yeah. 
leave me, essentially. Yeah, that's almost exactly what he said. He's like, why did you abandon me? Like, where were you when (laughs) I needed you? What a fucking baby. That's so Vader, too, though. Like, pussy Vader. That's like live-action pussy-ass Anakin Skywalker right there. Because it's just, he cannot, he does not blame himself for what happened to him. Like, uh, hell no. He, he, it is everybody else's fault, yep. except it's Obi-Wan's fault. Yep, Obi-Wan it's, held it's, him it's back. Ahsoka's, yeah, it's Ahsoka's fault. It's it's whoever's fault was around him. It was the Jedi Council's fault because they didn't make him a master. It was all of these different things, but it was never his fault. Sounds like a, a another powerful leader right now that, <laughs> that we know about, at least here in, in the States. But he is, man. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because, and it does tie into. I mean, I really think if she would have had that conversation, we don't get Darth Vader. So, just Felony, you are the fucking man. Let me say that one more time. Oh yeah. What a fucking pimp with the shit he weaves in. Just little shit like that, almost a throwaway moment. You know, it's like, oh, beautiful stuff. Um, the Vader theme with Al Mac. We talked about that. Mo no uh, Mo. Hey Mo. Larry Curly. Ma knows all and how he was a pawn. You know, when he's talking, he's like, I was a pawn. Dooku was a pawn. I see it all now. Blah blah blah. I just I mean we loved all that, but we'll save that for the mall talk. Uh, when Maul, when Bo runs in and Bull rushes Maul and he's just fucking sitting there with his leg up on the throne and just literally flicks. Yeah, flicks her bolts to where they bend, and then he he force chokes her. He's like, "My lady has no way to treat your ruler or whatever." It's fucking beautiful. (laughs) I love that guy. To uh, TLJ throne room, when like when Snoke is just sitting on the throne, and like Ray goes to Ray. It's the same thing. It's actually it's actually a direct mirroring because Ray runs at him with her lightsaber ignited, and he literally just goes like this with his hand. And throws her aside. Yeah, like, someone on the Easter egg video was trying to bust my balls that I didn't say that that scene was similar to the uh, Bespin scene when they walk in and see Vader. I'm like, nah, I didn't. That's it's. I don't think it is. I, I didn't think really it's, get it's, that. Yeah, it's way more spot on to the TLJ throne room where right. where literally the same thing happens. Ray runs at fucking Snoke, lightsaber ignited, and he literally does the same thing as Maul. He just lifts a hand up throws her to the side and even does the same thing with her lightsaber. Like he takes a lightsaber and flicks it around and makes it hit her in the back of the head. Like that is almost a direct parallel to the TLJ throne room scene. So yeah, that one's, I like that. That's a good one. Um, and obviously Maul trying to get Ahsoka to help him. That, that was surprising to me. I mean, we learned ultimately that Maul did all of this because he knew what Sidious was about to do. He staged yeah. this shit on Mandalore. He wanted the Jedi to come, but he wanted Kenobi to bring Anakin. That that was yeah. that was very interesting. And then the fact that he does, he does the join me moment, an iconic moment now in Star Wars. A lot of times where the bad guys kind of reach out to, to good people to have them join them. And he tells her all the truth, everything everything even about anakin but like all the jedi she cannot believe it so yeah that kind of falls out and like sam Witwer said you know in this one example the bad guy's plan was the right plan yeah uh, the actual duel i mean come on that i mean i know it's it's animated so it's always going to look a little more flashy clean and crisp than a live action fight but is there a better better duel in star wars now outside of maybe what we get in tpm 
Man, dude, it's tough. I mean, this, this fight was so good. I mean, it just... It had everything that you wanted to see from a Star Wars lightsaber duel. And, I mean, Filoni said as much, but he kind of left it limited to, to, you know, the animated stuff. But, yeah, I mean, this is by far the best animated series lightsaber duel that we've ever seen. I did, I even like, think this, I even think live action, it, it's up there. I mean, if not number rivals, one, yeah. I mean, original trilogy, outside the emotional Jedi fight, it's slapsticks, right? You know, you might as well yeah. fucking play tummy sticks with each other. <laughs> prequel it's the rave right rave lightsabers just <laughs> that type of stuff and don't come at me that the uh, kenobis and skywalkers duel is amazing it's the best it's absolutely is awful it's awful it's a fucking meme for christ's sake right <laughs> i mean one of the biggest memes in star wars is the high ground because of that fucking duel Okay, Uh, what's going on? Yes, that's very impactful to Star Wars overall, but the duel itself is a joke. They sit there and literally do pinwheel sabers at each other's fucking face. (laughs) So it might look neat because it's in lava and shit, but it's stupid. Like the choreography is just dumb. Ask any stuntman, stunt fighter out there. They will tell you the truth. And then outside of that, it's got to be the Phantom Menace with Maul yet again taking on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, how, what am I missing? Like, I mean, I, I do like the, the Ray Kylo fight scene at the end of, well, not the end, but like kind of like the middle end of Rots where they're fighting on the, the, the wreckage of the Death Star 2. I mean, it's not a oh, flashy Tross fight you're scene. talking about? Yeah. It's, it's not a flashy fight scene. Because these two... No, I'll give you that. You're talking when they're fighting in the ocean. Yeah. When it essentially is mirroring the lava fight, but with water. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. It's better than the the Skywalker Kenobi duel. Yeah. I I think it's, it's impact. It it carries that impact. And the, the fighting is much more, it's much more realistic. It's slow. Like the thing about age of resistance fights is they're slower and it's, it's, it's the same reason that they're slow in the original trilogy. I mean, outside of the fact that fucking, you know, the real world implications of everything, it's the fact that during that period of time, there was no official training for any of this. Like Kylo had training to a limited degree from Luke, but he was only there for a few years. Right. He went there when he was like 10 years old, 19 years they're old. They're basically reading books on, on the sword forms and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And then Ray never had, like you know, formal training in lightsaber combat, so that's why their duels right. look yeah, more makes like sense. OT duels than they do look like prequel trilogy duels because they were never formally trained. Well, yeah, their so their like duels they they brought power, especially in Tross. I mean, it looks yeah. like Ray and Kylo are swinging sledges at each other. Yeah, they're like beating, trying to beat each other into submission <laughs> because. They don't really have a form like they don't they don't have right. a form like, you know, fucking like Kenobi use form three and, and fucking, you know, Yoda use form five like that didn't exist anymore. Like, yes, you could read about them, like you said, but like taking what's in a book about a form and trying to put it into practice is almost impossible if you don't have somebody showing you how to do these. It's things. very wise. It's very wise take on that one. So. That's I, I yeah, but it's like, like I said though. I mean, in terms of just like flash and speed and power, what we saw in the Phantom Apprentice, not Menace, 
I mean, it's up there. I mean, we're talking oh, yeah. top top three Star Wars lightsaber fights, at least in my head. Oh yeah. Um, and, and then obviously the last top moment for me was the end when he gets captured and how he just the look of rage and terror of fuck you guys don't fucking get it. You have no clue what you're doing. This is fucked. <laughs> It's the panic and, like you said, the terror. Like, he realizes, like, oh, no. This yeah. is it. This is it. I'm captured now, and that means that what I see is going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's, a, it's a rage terror. It's not like he's, oh, like, ooh, it's, ah, like, fuck. How could you guys do this, you fucking idiots? Yep, yep. I just and love it. I mean, he's just like, again, he's telling us everything. He's telling them everything. Like, if you would have just listened to me. We could take out Sidious, and then, yeah, I could do what I want with the galaxy or at least grab more power. Uh, so, top moments there are fantastic. I mean, we talked about a lot of the mall stuff, Nick. Um, I just, after that episode, he has skyrocketed up in, in my rankings of all-time favorite characters, and I, I'm trying to think at this point where he belongs and i think it's in the two spot um anakin vader is always going to be my number one yeah uh, it's it's why the prequels are so rough on me in particular rots we, we know this story now well i love that guy i love vader i love anakin it's just yeah but i i think after the phantom apprentice maul is now my second favorite star wars character of all time dark side character or all time i'm thinking all time brother wow okay. I, I may you know i'm, I'm kind of homer for the dark side it's, are, it's not yeah. like I, I love bad guys and shady shit to happen it just even as a kid and we talked about this before i've always been drawn to their their aesthetic the way they look the dark mm-hmm. clothes the reds all that shit but and I just, I mean, is. if you think about what he showed us in this episode, he, he knew everything. He, he, he knows more about the Force and how to use it than you could argue some of the Jedi Masters of this era. Uh, his impassioned plea to Ahsoka, everything he knew about Anakin and, and how he wanted to take him out. It just, it really, at least for me, it made me see the character in a whole different light. He was no longer just this rage-fueled beast that relied more on his power and the force than his his brains. And yes, we talked about he's he's got a weak mind. I think that's more reserved for when it comes to uh, fighting and dealing with his emotions. When it comes to planning, strategy, and whatnot, I mean, he's right up there with fucking Sidious, right? Yeah, he's he's a master strategist, and you could say you could probably say that. The years of tutelage under Sidious, under Palpatine, helped him develop those skills and and be able to essentially go from a period of time to where he was thought dead to leading the biggest crime syndicate in the galaxy. I mean, it that took a level of mental fortitude and and just leader planning and leadership ability to to like manipulative leadership ability to to tell people to be able to take an entire planet of mandalorians and yes you take them by force but then some of them remain loyal to you like well, they love knowing, them yeah like literally the maldalorians were 
fanatical towards their, you know, their feelings about Maul. Like they, they gave up, they basically forsake themselves as Mandalorians and, and threw that credo away to follow Maul. And for, for a, a Sith to be able to do that to people like the Mandalorians is incredible. So, I mean, in terms of rankings, he's definitely, I mean, I'd have to go through and do a lot of thinking about this, but he's definitely top five. Well, you, you love your good guys. So I'm sure you got some Luke's up there. Some I do. I mean, like, I just can't like Luke Skywalker. I mean, Han Solo, a lot of people love Han Solo, but he was never like a top. I'm with you. I mean, that's why I loved the solo movie so much. It kind of gave me more reason to like exactly exactly because you i mean han was very one-dimensional from what you saw in the original trilogy i know he had a lot of character growth and stuff like that but like han was han and that's who he was and he never really changed other than his thoughts around yeah i just always looked at him as the wise guy smart ass asshole yeah yeah and then solo gives you more context like to me, like, I think my favorite characters, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, like, Leia has to be up there just because of her, God, like, her ability to remain calm under pressure and her leadership ability, the what she instilled in people to follow her and to believe in her and everything that she did from the time that she was a child in, you know, like, literally a child coming up and, and joining the Senate and, and starting the rebellion and then forming the resistance and everything like like Leia has to be a top oh, yeah. three character. Ahsoka? I mean, Ahsoka's up there now. Ahsoka's in the, in the conversation think, as well. Dude. I think it's she's just, in my top five. I mean, I, I just threw out two, Maul and Vader, but I don't know. I mean, this episode, like I said, I, I teased earlier, it, it actually cost me money this episode because uh, after seeing it, you know, I, I would go out to Sideshow Toys. It's like, I got to pre-order that uh, speeder bike set that, you know, Nick and I talked about earlier. And when I was on there, I was looking at all the other available Star Wars Hot Toys, and I was reminded of the fact that they are coming out with a Maul figure based on his appearance in Solo. Oh, wow. Okay, and yeah. at first, I was like, you know what? I got the 1-6 the scale Maul from TPM. He looks fucking badass. People like my shots when I when I take shots of them. I'm good. But after this episode, Nick, I was like, you know what? I'm <laughs> fucking all in on Maul yeah. at this point, just like I would be with anything Vader releasing. So I pre-ordered that motherfucker now too. So uh, I think that was like a 270 uh, bill just based on watching uh, a cartoon of Star Wars. <laughs> so. I mean, that's you did say that this was an expensive weekend for you in terms yeah. of. <laughs> but it's because it was real. because of this episode. I'm not fucking kidding around. I, I I have a whole new loyal loyalty to Maul and allegiance to Maul. He is my guy. So I, I was mean, like, I, I have at... to get his other version because it is. They didn't at least make him look different based on Solo. He looks a little older. The robes are different, so I could justify buying another version of Maul. Uh, yeah. But I kind of needed this episode to remind me of how great this character actually is. I mean, our designer for our logo used Darth Maul episode one as the inspiration behind your clothes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there so you go. it was all meant to be. It's kismet, if you will. But yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I love the guy now. I was very impressed. I love that we, this episode showed us that he was more than just kind of a, a raging beast. He had the ability to plan. He had the, the ability to wait for these plans to play out. I mean... Let's be real. He 
orchestrated enough nonsense in the galaxy to get the Mandalorians to leave their planet and find a Jedi to come back and bring the Republic to Mandalore. I mean, something they even reference in this episode, Bo is already like, hey, Ahsoka, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. They, they just got there and are helping them get Maul, and they're already like, we need the Republic out of here. Go, go, go. You guys suck. <laughs> but Maul did enough nonsense to motivate someone like Bo to bring in an outside force to get rid of him. And that was all his plan, as he explained. He wasn't. He could care less about Mandalore. He didn't give a fuck. He did all of that to get Anakin Skywalker on planet to kill him. That is impressive. That is Sidious level game planning, and that is why I love this guy now. I mean, just he's more than an animal. He is a strategist, a tactician, and a formidable warrior. Plus, he looks oh, yeah. badass. I mean, come on. He- He's the coolest looking Sith. So, for sure. if you want to check, I, I I had a lot more to say on Maul, but I did a full video. You can check that out on youtubecom slash show. You should already have it bookmarked with notifications turned on. I'm talking to you, Greg. <laughs> All right, dude. This is uh, we're going for a marathon here. I know, right? I mean, we talked a lot about this already. The the behind the scenes video, Ray Park. Um, yeah, I didn't even pop it. that up. Just watch it. It's on StarWarsTime.net. Yeah. The other one I, I was going to talk real quick, quickly, man. I'm, I can tell we've been on this long with no breaks because my brain's starting to make my mouth not form words anymore. <laughs> uh, but we did it we, real quickly. We got a clip from Shattered, which is going to be S7E11 of the Clone Wars. Uh, nothing we really have to go into. We told you a few weeks back that Episode 11 would be the Order 66 episode. And with the clip kind of showed us as i'm assuming this is taking place early on but it's very eerie the way this clip plays out uh but ahsoka and rex are on the bridge of a republic star cruiser and they're kind of talking about the mission the success and the clone wars and ahsoka's like man the jedi we're not really supposed to be warriors and rex's like yeah but without the war we would have never existed and i'm awesome and you love me so they're kind of reminiscing yeah. But as a fan, we know How what's about to happen once they make that jump to, to hyperspace, right? I mean, oh, yeah. we know any minute now he's going to be pulling up those pucks going, execute order 66. Oh, yeah. And shit's going to get nuts. I mean, j- just right here in the caption, again, Nick and I told you this all along. That's why you got to be following the motherfucking Star Wars time show. After successfully capturing Maul on Mandalore, Ahsoka plans to deliver him to the Jedi Council on Coruscant. When Order 66 is declared in the midst of her journey, her world is turned upside down. Friends become foes and enemies become allies and shattered this Friday, May 1st. Enemies become allies. I called that a while There you go. That's something else we called, in particular, Nick. I mean, I think we we reinforced it last week, didn't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, Ahsoka and Maul are teaming up, my friends. They're they're at least going to be helping each other get away from these fucking murderous clones. Yeah. uh, I guess, Nick, uh, and, and things are screwy because of season six and what we know in Rebels. But at this point, are you in the camp where you believe Rex already has his chip removed? Or is that something we're going to see this week? I mean, I, you know, going into it, I, I thought that this 
with like he was already it was already gone he, he was either already gone disabled or something like like something or he fights against it because you you, you do hear about clones who like can go against their programming or you know there were clones during order 66 at least in legends that like they heard the order and they just didn't do it well how dude so, in, in the clone wars itself there's there's an arc on this right because one of the yeah. clones the chip starts to malfunction he starts fucking shooting jedi already yeah. and this is how i think fives ends up getting killed because he's like yo what the fuck he tells Anakin in the in Palpatine, and Anakin, of course, like a Jedi, is like, you're full of shit, Palpatine would never do something like that, and I think they have fives murdered, but I believe Rex caught wind of that, and I don't know if they ever show it in season six, but I'm like you, I'm, I'm of the thinking that he's already popped that out based on what he experienced with that clone malfunctioning and his buddy fives kind of tipping him off. Yeah, and then, like, even going into Echo, like... Echo is probably in the same situation as well, where his either his chip is like non-functional oh, anymore yeah. because of what the Separatists did to him. I mean, just look what the Techno Union did to the motherfucker. We we got yeah. to see. I mean, I, I I'm still holding on the hope that we're gonna see the Bad Batch show up here and be the true saviors of Rex and Ahsoka, probably sacrificing themselves. But uh, if anyone would know about the chip at this point and can tell Rex, it would be Echo. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, this is, yeah, this is the penultimate episode. So you got this one, then you got one more. Right. And this is going to be, this is going to be like the fucking heartstrings. Like, this is the shit. one, remember when Whitworth gave us kind of three quotes to describe the final three. Ten was mind-blowing. Eleven, this is one you're going to see shit you've never seen before in Star Wars. This now, is that Ahsoka teaming up with Maul, like a Jedi teaming up with a Sith? Is that what he's talking I, about? I mean, I think it could be multiple things. I think it could be that. I think it could be because you've never really seen you've never seen clones disobey their programming before. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're speculating maybe we do see Rex with Chip in head, but because of his bond with Ahsoka, he may be able to kind of fight it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, that's a possibility, and then. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else, you know, what, it's crazy. what else haven't you seen I, in Star Wars before? I, I feel like now, the way this clip was released here, that the Order may get carried out as they're on that Star Destroyer full of fucking clones, dude. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. Like, if, they, if it goes down before they, like, jump out of hyperspace into Coruscant, they're literally going to be fighting an entire ship full of clones yeah when they come yeah on the way there i think that'd be fucking wild i mean i'm i'm, I'm almost kind of hoping for that but there is a part of me that would like to see more of 66 playing out in the streets of coruscant as well because uh, we didn't really get to see much of it outside of anakin's march with the 501 to the temple and yeah, then kind of after the order we got to see yoda and Kenobi taking out the clones defending the temple to kill any Jedi that were coming back to the beacon. Yeah. But we never really got to see if there was any other sorts of crazy, insane chaos going on on Coruscant when 66 went down, or if it was just a big party like the Senate scene. Like they were, you know, we, we could essentially see the people of Coruscant celebrating that the Jedi have finally been exposed and Lord Palpatine has saved us all, right? I mean, if if you go by what was said early on in this series by Rafa and Trace, yeah. 
then yeah, there there could be a lot of celebration in the city because people will be like, look, I told you the Jedi were bad. Exactly. We knew all along. And now we're being vindicated for all the shit that's happened to us because of the Jedi. That, you know, and that's how they instill that loyalty into Coruscant. Like the Emperor sells it as like, I've listened to you guys and I rooted out this corruption Heck and yeah. it will no longer Heck happen. Heck yeah. I mean, so. you saw how they celebrate giving him Emperor powers and dissolving the Republic. So you have to, I know as fans, we're all kind of bummed out because we know bad shit is happening. But you got to remember in the galaxy, the way Sidious slash Palpatine positioned this whole fucking war was to sell out and throw the Jedi under the bus. That was the main oh, yeah. fucking goal. He knew he couldn't just go out and kill them all himself or with an apprentice. He had to cook something up to shit on their image to the galaxy and also use war to spread them out, kill them through war, and then ultimately clean them up with his homeboy Vader. Oh, yeah. So so it's good shit. I'm yeah, I think the, the thing I'm most interested in, in in Eleven here, Shattered, is seeing the Ahsoka Rex and how that's going to play out, and then obviously Maul. So. Yeah, I want to see how the Maul part of this comes into it. Like, do they do they literally just, like, let him free and say, like, look, we got to get through this together? Or does he, like, convince them, like, you need me? Like, you, if you fight without me, you're going to die. You need me. Well, here's some interesting things, and, and we'll see, because who knows. But we did get some stills for the episode, and I, I still think this is just how they have him loaded up on Mandalore, but he's essentially in a casket, yeah, locked down with just a window for his face, and it almost looks like they have him in stasis. Yeah, it kind of does. So I think that's what they're gonna, probably going to load him up in. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I ultimately think Ahsoka and, and maybe Rex, once he gets his shit figured out, they're going to have to let him out. Yeah. Uh, they're just If they're on that ship, there's no way she's going to be able to defend herself against how many hundreds of clones on there. Yeah, I know. You have a full... If it's a, if it's a Star Destroyer... I mean, uh, uh, yeah, if it's a Star Destroyer, not at this time, it's a, if it's like a full cruiser with a full complement of fucking TIE fighters on there or you know not tie fighters you know clone x-wings um there's no way it could oh just yeah i mean dude just just on the out. bridge there's probably 10 officer clones yeah you know they're gonna be pulling out their fucking pistols too i mean it, it's not like only the grunt clones got the chip they all got it uh so it, it, this is gonna be uh very interesting as what we're said we're gonna see stuff we've never seen before so i'll keep my eye out for that and you know i will be breaking this motherfucker down early in the morning on friday may the first so keep those eyes fingers everything you need to consume it glued to youtube.com slash star wars time show all right man so we're getting to the top five but this week we have a few mentions that could cause a few more discussions i know we're going long here so uh we've talked about some of these i'll try to limit but uh first one here this is from ward lafferty coming from youtube and he has an interesting theory on how this episode might have shed some light on who the armorer is in the mandalorian and he said long have i suspected cast as the armorer so rook cast the female that we saw with maul as being the one that becomes the armorer and i'm like you know that's a very interesting take and it could work because yes she kind of sold mandalore out but she could also be someone especially with maul essentially looking right at her when he's talking about mandalorians becoming sewer rats she could be someone that regrets 
earlier choices in life. Yeah. And kind of takes it upon herself to run these coverts or the covert we saw her in with Din. So Ward Ward's speculating that Rook Cast is the armorer from the Mandalorian. I mean, you never see her with Gar Saxon and the Imperial Super Commandos in Rebels, do you? I don't I, I don't, don't think, think so, no. Yeah, I don't think you do. So I mean we know that Gar stays, you know, as loyal to the Empire as he could. Um, but yeah, you never get to see Rook again, so that's a good. That's an interesting take on it, and I wonder if if we. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get a reveal of that character officially, like if you know, give her a name outside of the armor on the Mandalorian. But I think that that is an interesting. Yeah, it, it was a cool take, and I'm with you. Yeah. I don't think the armor ever needs to be named. Uh, it, it'd almost be better if she stays a mystery because it's not like every character in Star Wars has to be related to old Star Wars. Uh, George kind of gotten himself in the knots with the prequels to make all those ties, you know, with Boba Fett and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was a very interesting take, and it's it's not something that I'm just like, oh, that's fucking stupid. I mean, it could very well happen, and it would just be another awesome felony connection, right? I mean, yeah. it, it would be very felony if it happened. So thanks for that one, Ward. Uh, we got Corinne here saying that in my egg video, I missed that when Ahsoka blows Maul through the glass window, Palpatine is simultaneously doing that to Mace. Maybe. Oh, is it? I don't, oh, it could be. No, maybe, it's not simultaneous yet. Maybe. But it's very similar. It's, it's right, a very similar situation. Right. So I was like, hey, thumbs up. You know, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, what's this one here? This comes from Ed Skywalker, and he was talking about uh, Jesse. Uh, so he was saying he thinks Jesse is going to be the, he's going to execute Order sixty six, and in all confusion, Maul will escape. As he and Ahsoka are carrying lightsabers, the clones will turn on both of them. Kind of stuff you and I were talking about, right? Like yeah. the clones will probably look at Maul as a Force user and want to fucking kill him anyways. Yeah. The clones will turn on both of them. Ahsoka remains reminds Rex of all their missions together as he and his inhibitor inhibitor chip struggle for control. When Rex removes it, he and Ahsoka will escape. And I was like, Hey Ed, that's kind of how we're thinking too. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah. it's the whole inhibitor thing, and, and I I do like the idea of Jesse because you know Maul preyed on Jesse in this episode. He was scanning his mind. I still contend that Maul even knows that Order sixty six was coming. Although we have another comment here, I'm going to bring up where someone was arguing that point. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of I, I could see maybe Jesse playing a role here. Maybe he's the first one that that starts to twitch out a little bit and maybe he tries to fight it. Maybe some of Maul's mind fucking screwed the chip up. Uh, I don't know, but you and I, we, we've kind of been talking about Ahsoka and Maul teaming up, so uh, our buddy Ed Skywalker here is one with the Force, and the Force is with him. Uh, and then we have uh, Cheese, Cheese 1. My prediction is that Jesse will not take out his inhibitor chip and turn on... Uh, well, okay. Yes. So yeah. I, I could see Jesse, like we just said, being the first one to uh, kind of start things off. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it would be it would be tragic to have to see Rex or Ahsoka take out Jesse, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he's one yeah. of the names, so emotional tie. Yeah, good sure. good stuff here, fans. This is what we want the comments, and then here's uh, kind of last one from the YouTube crowd, and this comes from Da O L, uh, and he was kind of arguing with me that Maul 
didn't want the power for himself. He just wanted to save the galaxy, uh, mostly to get back at Sidious like revenge. I was like, okay. Uh, and because he fears what Sidious is going to do with all that power. Uh, he I, also is saying he doesn't agree that Maul knew every detail, in particular the Order 66. I mean, he, uh, yeah, I mean, well, one, I don't think that Maul was doing it only to stop Sidious from taking over the galaxy. He definitely had dual purposes. Oh, yes. Because he realized, if I stop this, then I can easily usurp that position of power and, you know, make myself... A, a more powerful force in this galaxy. Yeah, I can maybe not Sidious. even like an emperor, right? But just yeah. you get rid of Sidious and Maul can take as much power as he wants for himself. Yeah, so I think it was dual purposes there. He definitely wanted revenge against Sidious for, you know, his decision to essentially kill him and get kill to, his to use him yeah him. i mean he was a fucking pawn from day one yeah. i mean that's what maul realized he's like i had always been a pawn and it's just now clicking yeah that's that definitely eats at him so he wants to get back but i don't think that it is i don't think that a lack of power you know grab was in the future oh, no, i kind of i, I kind of prose is like it, let's be real he was teaming up with ahsoka to help him take out city it's not like he was wanting to become a hero and a jedi yeah. He wanted to get rid of another power source in the in the galaxy to kind of free up him to do more of whatever the fuck he wants. Exactly. Uh, so the other point here, what do you think? Do you think Maul knew about Order 66 too, or just that the clones were all part of the plan to start the war and get the Jedi mixed up in a galactic conflict? I don't know. That's a tough one because like you said with Jesse, like I feel like he could see that programming because the way right. that he was talking to Ahsoka at one point is like, he was literally telling her, like, you have no idea what is about to happen to you. And like, well, he, he, he learned that the Jedi fucked her. Right. He's like, hey, you know, the Jedi lie to you, essentially. Like, why did you leave the Jedi? Pretty much. I mean, you're a cast off apprentice just like I am. Yeah, I think he may have some sort of inkling of it. I don't know if he knows that. It is a it's a like a an order that can be I don't know if he knows all the specifics, but I think he knows that the the real loyalty of those clones do not lie to the citizens okay. of the Republic. All right. Yeah, because I, I went back and rewatched the scene after he called me out and I was and he specifically says to Jesse, like you, it's basically it's so cute that you have no idea your role in all of this. Yeah. So that's why I just jumped right to. There you go. He he knows the clones are here to be the exterminators ultimately. But the the commenter makes a point like, yeah, maybe it was just more like he understood that the clones were created to to get the Jedi embroiled in a conflict, thin their ranks, and then you know ultimately lead to their disposal. Uh, yeah, I mean, he may not know the order by name, but he definitely knows the purpose of the clones right. is not what it seems. Yeah, they're, they're not just there to fight droids. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one here, Jesse was saying that... Whoa, we're getting a call. Jesse, uh, Jesse Grabo on, on YouTube here. He was saying Maul's extra passion at the end wasn't rage, it was terror, and... I agree with that because we just said it, but I, I do think it was a raging tear. It wasn't like the sitting and share, shaking being terrified. It was he was so fucking pissed that no one was believing him, that he was yeah. caught, and he knows everyone's fucked now. So he was just like, fuck! 
Yeah, I think that's what it is, too. It's like he knows he is terrified, but he's also so angry because he's like, if you would have listened to me, right. none of this would be happening. And he'd just rather be dead than yeah. deal with what's about to happen. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the, the mall that we see in Rebels is a much different mall than we see during the Clone Wars timeline. So well, yeah, he's a, a little he's happens. a little goofy by Rebels. Like he's he's kind of a eclectic little little odd by yeah, the time I Ezra mean, founds him. But Jesse does make a good point. I mean, uh, Maul's panic there at the end was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, not so much for the character because he is kind of a bad guy and he kills a lot of people we like, but because he was telling the truth. He was telling them exactly what was going to happen. And we all know uh, uh, as fans that all these good guys are about to get wiped out. Anakin Skywalker is about to become Darth Vader. Mace Windu is going to get betrayed. Kenobi's going to go have to hide on the desert. Yoda's going to go have to hide on a swamp. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of sad to see Maul basically just like, fuck, I tried, I tried, I tried. Just kill me now because you guys don't even know what this galaxy is about to turn into because of this fucking Sidious Joker. Oh yeah, dude. It was, uh, so thanks for the comments on YouTube, my friends. Uh, IG, we got one from Action Figure Snaps. Thanks, my my buddy. Hey, assholes! Just finished the last mm. Clone Wars episode, and wow, it definitely is the best Star Wars we've seen in a minute. But I thought of you guys as soon as it was over, and can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts and theories. Can't wait till next week. Well, there you go. You got our theories, you got our thoughts, and now you even got mentioned on the show. There you go. So rock and roll. Uh, next one here, IG. This comes from Track Alliance. Your guys is just hands down the best source for this stuff. Thank you. <laughs> we know we are awesome at talking about stuff, but we do appreciate their Track Alliance. Um, Klondike Studios, someone that Nick just chose for the top five this week, and we he just did. so happened to get a mention today, and it's a good one. Dudes, dudes. <laughs> I have to tell you that I'm beyond stoked about this. You have no idea how awesome this is for me, his top five. I have to tell you that very literally, I was intending to write y'all yesterday just to say how much I really enjoy the podcast and that I listen to the whole thing every time, even though I'm not actually current with Clone Wars. Sorry for the spoilers, buddy. I yeah, listen to I quite a few podcasts, and I generally think that you guys do a great job. Well, at least he generally thinks that. That's good. I will take that. Go. I will take a generally thinking instead of <laughs> you guys are fucking stupid. Uh, the production value is high. Well, you should see what we do offline. <laughs> and there is never awkward silence. True. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to get too long-winded here. Just wanted to let you know that I am genuinely a fan, and that I am seriously honored to be mentioned. Thank awesome. you, Klondike Studios. That's why we do what we do. Nick makes dreams come true. I try. Right? Uh, I, I have best. to mention this only because Nick didn't pick it. But Cryo Photography's most recent uh, homage to the Star Wars Time Show and the toy photography hobby could be the greatest uh, example of this type of art. I mean, th this shot, Nick, I don't know if you saw it. But he create, somehow printed off a 3D version of our hat, the one I'm wearing right now. He's got it on backwards on uh, Yavin Jacket Luke. He's got a little miniature camera prop. 
and Luke is essentially staging a rebel pilot figure in front of it like he's taking a toy photography picture. I oh yes, yes, yes. I I guess I should pull this I up on the internet so people could see exactly. it. I saw this and I liked it on my personal page and I was like, oh man, that's definitely a contender for the top five. Did you share it this week on our page? Uh, it would have, yeah, it would have been in last, it would have been in the shots that you would have picked for this week's top okay. five. Yeah. Here we go I, now. I, I, I pulled it up on the video feed, but no, uh, Nick can't see it. I guess I should have sent him a link, but I mean, it is just. I, no, I, I found it and I did. It. I remember seeing it when I, <laughs> when I saw it on my personal page, I was like, this is fucking really, really good. Uh, it's and fantastic. Yeah, and honestly, like this isn't a Matt top one week. This is no. a, a Haywood right. shot breakdown week, but like that's definitely. Well, yeah, it's like I said. Like, I mean, we do mentions before Nick's top five now, and and if you do stuff like this or send us comments or chat or ask us questions, I'm gonna bring it up. And uh, I was holding off on Nick's top five to see if this was gonna go in there or the mentions, and it's in the mentions. So cryo, fucking banger, buddy. I, I mean, this is one of the best. And there's been a lot of toy photography shots of figures being toy photographers. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this is this is one of the best, and that's not just because it's also uh, a dedication to the Star Wars time show. I mean, uh, Luke with his hat on backward, lining up that figure is just so fucking that perfect. Was, yeah, I, I I really do like that shot. I thought. Thank it was you, Chris. Really thank you. Yes. Thank um, you. I think you got one more, and then we can move on here. Oh, I just want to mention our buddy Sir Dork. He ran this jump trooper challenge over the first couple weeks of April, and my lazy ass actually got off the couch, off of the (laughs) podcasting chair here, out of SWTHQ, and tried a few shots, a few setups to kind of join into Sir Dork's jump trooper challenge, which essentially had to be a shot of a trooper of any generation jumping. You know, like, hey, like a Mario jump, any type of jump. And lo and behold, the good man and the lovely Chaos Cuties selected one of my shots for their final 10. Oh, Or the top 10 of the challenge. Uh, A few of us got in there, actually. A few of the assholes, a few names you've heard on the show. Cryo himself was in there. Um... Our buddy Greggy Boy is in here. I was going to say, did Greg make it? Because Greg's was a good one. I like yep, it. there we go. Uh, yeah, Greggy Boy made it. Drew Originals got one. He's been featured okay. before. Papa Palpatine's been featured. Yep. Uh, Toy 72 hasn't, probably because they don't use the hashtag, so shame <laughs> on you. Stormtrooper Pete, he's someone I've been sharing. He got a good one up there. Visual Force, he was my top one last week. He, he was one of the top ten. Val Zuji. Okay, and there's the Haywood pop right there in all its glory. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is actually a recent shot, Nick. This is something I, I shot during the month of April, and actually got it post process and shared within the same month. <laughs> all right, that right <laughs> there, there go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna clap myself up for that. Because uh, typically, if I would have taken a shot in April of 2020, I probably wouldn't have shared it until February of 2021. <laughs> that used to be my old turnaround time. So um, thanks for that. And then last one was Todd Hoffer here, or Todd Offer. 
someone else we've also, I believe, at least featured using the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So thank you, Sir Dork, Chaos Cuties, and everyone else. Congratulations. I'm the best. Everyone else <laughs> was behind me. I was number one. He um, was the first pick. Yeah, in all seriousness, it, it was fun. I don't usually do this type of shit because it intimidates me and I think I suck. Uh, but I did, I did like the challenge. It gave me at least an idea to put in this blank head to set up a toy shot, which I usually never have when I do my toy photography. And since we're talking about toy photography, Nick, and we've been doing this basically all day today. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. 420 week, that is. Oh, yeah. Take it away, Nick. There we go. All right. So top are you kidding five me? The week. images aren't displaying on the site. <laughs> you gotta be fucking, there okay. we go. Now you you guys can see what we're doing as we go through the top five now. Oh, this yeah. Stupid little earpiece almost fell out. I'm telling you guys, I may have to switch to regular headphones next time because these things do not stay in my ear as I move my hands and make facial expressions. So top five this week. First up, we have... A new top five contestant, a new top five entrant. And this is Rosa A. Paints. And it's a crack on digital painting of Captain Rex. And you can see behind him the Bad Batch. And I believe that well, Echo is right behind I'll, I'll be honest. I did not do Rosa justice with this because this is actually a, a wide shot. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Sorry, Rosa. <laughs> if you go on her account, I, I could just pull it up. I do have a fucking computer right in front of my face. Um, okay, I see. Okay, it now, if you yeah. pull it up, this is actually a continuous shot. So the one we shared is just of, of Rex, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you can see the full shot pulls out. You got um, what is that? Hunter is is up there, kind of in mm-hmm. the same plane as Rex. Right. Yep. Uh, it's just, I, I mean, I, I love the style of the shot. I, I mean, it, it's got an animated look, a com- comic book art type of look. Uh, a bit of uh, Rose's style or Rose style. I'm looking at her name here. Uh, but I, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Roe already. And oh, yeah. we just found her. And you know why? She's got fantastic art. But immediately, she was honoring the Star Wars Time Show for us honoring her. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I love flattery. I love when people pay attention to us. It is a a dark void within my soul that really fucks up my life in a lot of aspects, but that's just how it is. I crave attention for some reason. But as soon as I, I shared a shot, she's like, hey, you guys are awesome, thanks, blah, blah, blah. And then we, when you announced for a top five, she's like, you guys are legends. And I'm just going, keep it coming. Keep it coming. I'll be yeah. I'll be following this page with great interest great. now. There's no fucking doubt about it, so... Uh, anyways, back to her shot, man. I mean, it's it's just, yeah. I mean, everything about it is incredible. Knowing that it's a pullout shot now and, like, you don't only see Rex and Tech. You see the whole kind of, you know, the whole Bad Batch crew there, Clone Force 99. I mean, it, it's a really awesome oh, yeah. piece of artwork here. R-O-S-A-A Paints on Instagram absolutely yeah great stuff she's got a great painting of the child she has another one of these ultra wide uh, paintings of ahsoka that i honestly think may even be better than the one we just talked about uh it's it's almost like a live action version of that power stance she does when she lands on mandalore yeah yeah it Uh, looks oh man that looks so bad yeah that's what i mean so this this is a great this is a solid page to 
And again, what, do you think this is, is this painting, dude, or drawing? I don't know. God, I mean, we're so Rosa, fucking stupid with the art stuff, man. We're so stupid. It's it's probably a, a little painter. Bit of there you go. I guess we should just read. Row artist. She's got some scripture, and then a painter. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So digital painter, artist, drawer, all all around. This girl is just a killer artist. So excellent. R O S A Rosa A paints on Instagram. So go give her a follow. Yes. I mean, severely severely underfollowed right now. So help her out. Yes. Let's try to get a super scoundrel going with Rosa A. Paints here. Right. Where, yeah. No, where right? Nick and I pretend that we, we helped him gain like 10,000 followers in a month or so. Yeah. Devin, uh, yeah. share, share this, share this girl around. Cause she's got some, absolutely you know, you know, you know, Devin, you know, the power <laughs> of the star Wars time show. <laughs> All right. Next up we have at Starfellows here on <laughs> IG. And That's this the shot, one. Like, I was like, who's Starfellows? Because I don't like to look at these shots before we go live. So you can <laughs> see my reaction right there on the camera. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's like, I definitely am into these egg attack figures because I think like the chibi look and just the, like the way that these things look and their design. Oh yeah, really I have cool. a ton of them, dude. I, I just, for some reason, I can't shoot the chibs anymore. But like... This one here, like, when you shoot these chibi figures, like, I mean, Greg <laughs> uses them. I've seen a ton of other people, Starfellows here. You can't put them in, like, super serious poses. You have to do something right. fun with them. And, like, Starfellows kills it with this fucking boudoir, like, almost like cosplay girl shot of a Stormtrooper Oh, yeah, he's, he's, it's a sexy pose, man. He's like, I, I want to go lay next to this First Order Stormtrooper now and just kind of snuggle with him. Oh yeah, I mean he's, he, it's a very yeah. inviting looking shot. And, <laughs> and then and just the, like the the like the the like the slight kind of feathering slash blur in the top corner, and then the black and white to really bring it all together. Oh as yeah, like this classy photograph. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just it's the pose like I'm too sexy for my rug, <laughs> too sexy for my rug. I mean it's just it's beautiful. It, it just this just goes to show you once again as I've been saying on these segments and when I shit on my own shots posing is everything everything yeah, they, they, I mean this whole shot to me caught my eye I do like the black and white I think the black and white works very well for this shot because he actually there star fellas here the initial or the leading shot was a color version this was a swipe uh, so I, I do prefer the black and white uh, but it, it really is. It, it's the pose there. I mean, he's got, he almost has like his hand going down his pants like most guys <laughs> do when they're relaxing. And then he got it up there on his head, you know, like he is trying to get that little sexy twist in uh, the leg up. So, leg yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, this shot 100% caught my eye based on the pose. Oh, yeah, dude. It's a fantastic pose, fantastic concept and idea execution by Starfellows <laughs> at Starfellows on Instagram. Uh, I love it. I do. I do like comedic toy shots. They are. Oh, they yeah. are fun. They're great. Um, next one up, not comedic, but this is like super relevant to what's going oh, on yeah. now. We talked about the Clone Wars a ton today. And this is right so, from episode 11, brother, right here. Yeah, this is this is what we're in for for episode 11. So this is a shot of. Captain Rex looking at that Order 66 little hollow disc as it comes up and you see in the background Ahsoka kind of just behind him in the hallway 
Um, I mean, remember the clone troopers always has a fantastic visual flair. It doesn't even look like he's shooting toys. It just looks like shit straight out of a movie or a film. This is a fun shot. I'm actually going to pull it up because he he did a BTS and this is a mixed scale shot. Meaning if you look here, that's a big ass one six scale, like Rex Barbie Oh yeah, I see Hell, it, yeah. dude, that that might be a quarter. That Rex looks fucking huge. Uh, either way, it, it could be one six scale. But then everything else is the little stuff. So that Ahsoka yeah. is actually a tiny six inch figure, where the Rex is probably at least a foot tall. And just how he has the camera positioned, and then the the background, like the Ahsoka stuff, further in the distance, gives us the final result, making them look like. You know, they're not only in the same room, but they're actually same size figures. Yeah, dude, that is a mastery of like scale and perspective. Oh, yeah. yeah, that that's using some force perspective and then just knowing the tricks you can do with a camera uh, to kind of offset the scale differences. Because if you line these figures up next to each other, they would look silly. I mean, it'd look, yeah. it would look stupid. Uh, but remember to clone. I mean, this big Joe here, 18,000 followers, he's got him for a reason. Uh, he, t- he took a few weeks off. I think his his I believe his wife is a doctor or something. So she's probably uh, living through Nightmareville right now. But uh, he's back sharing again and, and tagging us. So we appreciate remember to clone troopers. And I'll, I'll get a, I'll say it again. Let's go big accounts. You can do it. <laughs> Throw that hashtag Star Wars Time Show there, or at least tag us. It's not going to kill you if you're going to tag all that other nonsense like toy fuck off, pick poison. Tag the Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I, the Rex really caught my eye on the shot because I'm like, fuck, is that the one six scale Black Series Rex? Because he looks good. But uh, as I dove in, I realized it's a one six scale. And then I was like, fuck, I wish I had that. Yeah, dude. I mean, it looks fucking incredible. The lighting, <clears throat> the the posing, and, and just like you said, the, the perspective and the way that he was able to capture that awesome scale between a larger figure and smaller figure, making them look of similar size so uh at remember underscore the underscore clone underscore troopers on instagram give it a follow well worth it next up is a loyal fan i'm so glad you picked this not only to shut these guys up i mean (laughs) baron's not as bad as greg I mean, Greg, like he, you know, he's starting like the Marvel time show and he tags us in his Marvel shots now. And he's like, what? It's Disney. (laughs) I was like, Greg, stop it. You fucker. You motherfucker. He's just trying to get a second podcast out of us. Right. But, but, uh, go ahead. So this is Baron's black series. Who is one of the regulars? He is definitely a key member in the circle of assholes. Yes. Uh, But you know, him, him and him and Greg kind of like to bust our balls and and whine and do a a bunch of woe is me (laughs) shit that they don't get top five every week. I'm hoping it's mostly a joke. Um, (laughs) but, but Baron, Baron got himself a new toy in the form of a, a big boy or big girl camera, a Sony a 6,000. Yep. And holy shit. Right, Nick? Yeah, I know. Like this, this camera, I mean, the quality of the shots <laughs> It's fucking always... night and day. Hey, Spencer, I'm telling you right fucking now, the quality of your shots went up by a factor of 10, 10. Yeah, this, this thing we're looking at was Zori would not look like this if you're still using your iPhone. And I'm not telling people that are shooting on iPhone that you're a bunch of fucking idiots. You, you shoot with what you shoot, and in the end, it's still the eye 
of the photographer that cooks up the scenes in the actual shot. But looking at this now, Nick, and if we go look at some of Barron's other shots, you cannot tell me that investing in a good camera doesn't change the end quality, overall quality of a shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, it 100% makes these scenes that you cook up in your head pop even more when you have a high quality camera like this. I mean, yes, phone cameras have gotten to a point to where like, yeah, they're, they're super good and you know for everyday photographers or if you're just walking around and taking pictures of shit you probably don't need a real camera but like for stuff like this where you get an incredible atmospheric effect in from the sides and the vents through the, through the lighting you see like everything pops that much better oh yeah when you have it just it the really colors the atmosphere hits more he actually i have it pulled up here you'll be able to see it on uh, the video but I mean, even even Spencer was so blown away by the upgrade. Uh, he did a split screen of Zori. It, it's night and day. I mean, one you can totally tell was oh taken on God. a phone, and the other one was taken on a camera. And I believe none of these are, have been processed. These are d- right as they were snapped. And even still, it, it's night and day. So I'm not saying hey, you can only be a good photographer if you go out and spend over a thousand dollars on a camera. That's absolutely not true. But if you are someone that you're like, man, it, I really feel like I could do more. I could make my shots look better with a camera. My phone just isn't quite giving me what I want. Yes, do it. As Spencer says in this post, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spencer again was the. The first person, as I as I pointed out to Matt to comment on the top five as it dropped, I'm glad that we could make your day. I'm glad we could get you through your uh, your grad school work and everything like that. Keep at it. The new camera is doing wonders, and this was just a really cool shot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great. We we hardly talked about the shot. I mean, it's a great yeah. shot of, of of Zori Bliss. She's got some dead first order troopers around her. He's using that. Nova Revel who buck fuck off diorama that he can actually build. He's got some space walls in there and it looks like he dropped some atmosphere aerosol. And the one I picked, I just, I like the camera angle. Uh, I love how the haze is pronounced, but not overtaking the shot. And there's a nice crisp uh, look to Zori. I mean, it really is. I mean, Baron, I'm not going to lie. When I saw this shot, I was like, holy fuck. Uh, I mean, it feels like the guy grew in skill overnight, but it it's not like the camera made him set this shot up this way. The camera yeah. just produced a better looking version of his setups. Oh, Hopefully yeah. that makes sense. I wasn't shitting on the dude. It just it really does. I mean, I know there are some big players out there like, oh, you don't, you could you don't need a real nice camera. Trust me, they make a world of difference. If all you have is a phone. Your shots will naturally just look better, even right out of your memory card, on an actual camera, hands down. So, at Barron's Black Series on Instagram, B-A-R-O-N-S, Black Series on Instagram, wonderful job. You're always really good at setup, and now you just have that camera to make everything pop that much more. And I agree, like, the thing that really caught my eye here was... Zori, like the crispness of Zori, but also that atmospheric, that really, it's just like a really subtle atmospheric effect. And I don't even know if you would be able to see it with an iPhone, um, but it was just, looks really fucking great here. So, um, Oops, I, dro- I dropped down to the other shot <laughs> before you close that. Sorry, Spencer. 
didn't mean to take your uh, time in the sun away so soon. But yeah, at <laughs> Barons Black Series, uh, give him a follow, shoot him a DM. I saw him. He was a. Uh, I think he's in grad school. He was working in Blackboard, which is the LMS I use as a professor myself. So. There you go. Spending too much time in that shit. Yeah, here we go. Klondike Studios. Remember, this is the one that I read the mention from. We got that glowing praise because uh, Nick got him in the top five. And and that's how it works, people. You you suck our dicks. You will get (laughs) featured. (laughs) Just kidding. But maybe not. You you know what really, you know, at Klondike Studios reminds me of here with this shot? It reminds me of a plastic action shot. Like, oh, hey, look at that is some motherfucking praise right there, Klondike. You better you better <laughs> take that snippet and just keep looping that shit over and over if you really want to pump up your ego. I mean, because if you look at a lot of the things that Jax does, like Jax does some off the wall stuff. He, he comes up with really creative ideas and doesn't necessarily have to like it is with Star Wars figures, but it's not necessarily like a scene recreation or like something that would fit thematically into Star Wars. Right. And that's what Klondike did here with the Jump Trooper Challenge from Sir Dork is he came up with a concept using Star Wars figures in, in you know, background, <laughs> but but did something totally off the wall and what you see is this is like a, a scout trooper right this i can't i never i'm really fucking terrible at the trooper types but scout uh, trooper i think these were called patrol troopers okay a patrol yeah okay yeah it's a solo trooper, a solo guy a Karelian dude yeah uh the scout trooper has a different helmet type then you got but some jump troopers a, in there standard troopers and death troopers yeah um, and he's jumping, he's got a BMX bicycle and he's doing a, a bike trick yeah. and he's got a, a standard issue clone, uh, stormtroopers <laughs> like laying down flat next to a boom box and the guy's like jumping over him. I Hell mean, yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. I mean, he's got this line from rum DNC. I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MC should call me sire. It's, it's just like, just I could, so I could hear them playing that as this dude's out here doing his fucking BMX <laughs> tricks, you know, during their lunch break on the death star. Yeah, dude. It's uh, so good. And just like, even the clones in the background, like one guy's like pointing up to him and the, and the other guys like looking up real i mean it's just <laughs> the posing for all of the figures in the shot not just the one focus of the guy oh, jumping yeah. or the one on the ground like all the figures in the shot are posed so well and it just it i i mean honestly really nick cool. i'm glad you chose klondike shot because i, I was i was kind of shocked that it didn't make the top 10 of uh, the, the jump trooper challenge. I mean, nothing yeah. against chaos and Sir Dork. I mean, we're all people. We have different opinions, but just knowing what I know as a toy photographer myself, an average one at best, but I am a toy photographer. This fucking setup had to take a lot of time, a lot of patience and might've resulted in the death of other humans because <laughs> I can tell you right now, dude, the background right there is probably two feet high to build. Yeah. And those fucking space walls, they might be a quarter inch thick. So to balance those on top of each other and get them stacked, I don't know how many clips he had to use, but once you get them stacked, they just want to fall fucking flat over because it's not like they have stands behind them and they're literally just flat pieces of plastic. Then he had to get lights up there to light the graded ones, blue lights to light the door, uh, let alone the poses with all the fucking figures. He probably had to hang the dude and the bike from a wire, wipe the wire out. 
uh, finding the props. You got a boom box in there. And then, like you said, the poses, it's just, it's a well-composed scene. And it's one, like I said, that no fucking way would I be able to do something like this? Not that I couldn't (laughs) physically set them up. I just know myself that right there, that this setup for me probably would have gave me a stroke. Cause I'm telling you right now, <laughs> the fucking the, the fucking backdrop would have fell right when I went to snap the shot. It would have knocked over every goddamn trooper like a fucking set of dominoes, and then I'd have to restage it all in anger, and it would have never looked as good as the first staging. It happens all the time, man. I'm telling you, other photographers, I know it's happened to you. You get everything perfectly set up, and then something fucking happens, and the dominoes kick off, and you just you literally want to you want to punch your dick, or if you're a girl, you know, punch your other thing. (laughs) <laughs> and you want to take your camera and fucking smash it off the ground and never do this hobby again. Whew. I mean, I, I could tell just by looking at this, that there was an amount of work in here that I just couldn't appreciate. But now hearing it from you, I have a better idea, at least. Of oh, what and this shot right here, the setup took way, way, way more time than actually snapping the shot. Uh, this is an impressive setup. This is one that, like I said, requires planning and severely high levels of patience. Oh, yeah. So at Klondike Studios, absolutely wonderful job here. Oh, no. Um, this is a just, me week, isn't it? Wait, what? This is a me week. This yeah, is a Haywood is a pop shot. This is a Matt Haywood pop shot breakdown. It's not a pop shot this week. But it is time for you to take a look at your work, sir, uh, and tell us one. how you made this happen. Okay. This one doesn't get me angry because this is one of those where it's just like the, the blind squirrel finding a nut thing, which I am. <laughs> this is kind of how my toy photography journey is. Every once in a while, I'll produce a shot that looks like I, I thought about it, I staged it, and I had a plan. I can tell you that is not the case. (laughs) So the shot we're looking at here, I probably took this in 2017. You you posted, this was like early 2018, I think was the post. There you go. So I think I took this in 2017. This was done down at Hilton Head uh, in a gutter on the side of a street. Interesting. Okay. Uh, The reason I choose this gutter is because it gets a nice swath of light through it with shadows mixed in to kind of give you a light source to accentuate any particle effects, uh, but also some shadow. So you're not just seeing light, like blowing out the entire environment. So what I have here is pilot Luke. He's in the background and then R2 is in the foreground. I believe that's that piece of shit. Mayfix Mayfix R2. I was talking about earlier. He's actually good. It's this goldenrod that sucks. But anyways, dude, what we got here, I mean, Luke, I might have just jammed his foot into the sand and kind of bent the knee a little bit to, to, to kind of mimic a running pose. Okay. And the, the spray, the particles you see, that is from my little fat foot kicking forcibly <laughs> into the sand. Dude, that looks so good for like literally you just kicking it. Right. And this dude, like I said, I usually fucking hate my work, but this is one of those shots. There's like, I had just started shooting figures at this point in my toy photography career. Uh, as you can tell to this day, I still struggle with shooting figures and getting lifelike poses and this, that, and the other thing outside of just a, like a statue portrait shot. I, I, I can do those, but like any sort of like action or a pose that insinuates this piece of plastic has life, I suck at. But Every once in a while, I could actually figure it out like this shot. 
so yeah, it's, it's again very simple setup. No external lights. This is all natural lighting. Uh, no air sprays, no atmosphere aerosol. It's just a good kick into the sand. And uh, that's a technique I actually came up with myself on my own. I'm not saying someone else hasn't done it before. I just, I'd never seen it. But I can remember, I, I'm sitting here, I'm like, fuck, dude. You're at the beach, there's sand, you didn't bring any canned air with you, and you, there's no canned air around the beach shops. I was like, how could I get this done? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I stumbled upon it, Nick, but I was like, you know what? I got a fucking foot, and I got some fucking <laughs> sand, and if I just kind of kick down at it, almost like you're doing a punt or a kickoff, you can get the sand to really kind of spray up uh, forcibly and then leave a particle after effect, and it just happened to work on this one, so... Um, these, my friends, when you want to do shots where you're trying to capture particles, be it fireworks, atmosphere aerosol, canned air, spraying up mud or sand, uh, it, it really is, it's, it's about the lighting. You need the light to, backlight in particular, to highlight the, the particles kicking up and fast shutter speeds. And you want to be taking multiple pictures per button click. Like literally hold the button down and... Because you never know. I, like I, I, this, this is probably 100 of 200 shots of the same setup, Nick. But some of them would have had the, the full force of my initial sand kick. So it would have literally looked like a wave of sand in yeah. front of the figures. Uh, some probably had no sand at all, but sometimes you get lucky and you get a shot where it kind of fills it out and you're like, hey, fucking A. These days I've learned enough where I could take multiple shots now and merge them into one to get the particle effect I want. But uh, I, this is from the simpler times when I didn't fucking think so much about shoots and I just would go outside, set them up and let her rip. Set them up and then literally just kick dirt. Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> and I can't do it anymore because I, I get in my head. It's like I, I get so in my head, I, I cripple myself to the point where I can't even go outside and take a shoot. Because like, well, <laughs> should I bring this light? Should I bring this fucking lube cube? Lube cube 2.0, 1.0, uh, aperture tech. It's like fuck. Here, I use the fucking sun, <laughs> a ditch on the Sometimes side of the road, the and some scum-filled sand. There we go. Sometimes that's all you need is just the sun, a camera, and your foot. And that's what we see here. <laughs> I mean, I think this is really fucking cool. I mean, we talked about natural lighting and stuff like that a couple of weeks ago with some other shots. Um, and this one is, again, like it's just, like you said, it's natural light, it's natural environment, and it's just like the luck of the fucking camera click. So um, Pretty I mean, much. I'm not going to take any credit for this setup because <laughs> it's... The way I roll, I, I like, uh, oh, I just bought this figure here. This one's laying around. Boom, boom, boom. Throw them in a bag, walk outside, and let's do it. There we go. The more innocent time in your career. There's <laughs> no doubt about it, man. I should definitely apply the KISS method to toy photography, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a good one for you, toy photographers. If you're struggling with, with Matt Haywood-level insanity, Keep it simple. Yes. Stupid. That's why, I mean, the lockdowns have been kind of nice because I might run outside and just throw some figures down on my dirt again and take a shot. I mean, it's something I've avoided for two two years or more trying to replicate some of the badass shit I see from people on Instagram using lights, this, that, and the other thing. And I've taken good shots that way, but it, there's something refreshing about just not worrying about all the bullshit and just getting out, plopping down some plastic, and shooting. Yep. 
All right. Well, that's the end of the top five, and that's the end of Matt Haywood's breakdown, and that's the end of this podcast. So, Matt, why don't you take us into the dance? Damn straight, brother. Fuck. I'm ready for this dance this time. I usually don't like to, to say goodbye to Nick, but... He and I have now been talking to each other since 2.30 Eastern time. It's now 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, We almost put in a half day of full work at this point. I mean, we had to do some tech shit early on, figure out the OBS setup. But my God, this is a record. Uh, We set records left and right on the Star Wars time show. So as Nick said, if you want to get involved, it's time to do the dance. And all the dance involves is a little bit of this. See, Nick? See me? We're doing it. We're rocking and rolling. We're feeling it. We've got the moves. But in all seriousness, what we need you to do after you're done dancing is head over to StarWarsTime.net. That's right. This sexy looking Star Wars fan site right here. You can see if you're watching the cast on YouTube. If not, pull it up on YouTube. And you can see it too. But on StarWarsTime.net, you can find all of our content that we share throughout the week. Most of it, which uh, becomes topics on the newest episode of the Star Wars Time Show itself. So if you want to kind of get an idea of what the boys will be talking about, hit up StarWarsTime.net. But more importantly, while you're here, this is where you can get hooked into the podcast. Hit that subscribe to podcast link right up there at the top of the site. If you're on mobile, it'll be in the hamburger menu. And of course, this is one of those times where Safari's not going to run our site as I'm doing a live video and a tour, but you kind of get the idea. Let's say subscribe to podcast doesn't open. Guess what? Just slide down the page a little bit and right there in the sidebar, you can see all of the podcast networks we have for you to enjoy. Apple, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Android, you know the rest, you know what to do. So if you're new, get LinkedIn. If you're coming from YouTube, thanks for coming. Hopefully you'll follow follow us, give us some likes, give us some ratings on the podcast platform of your choice. If you are on YouTube, you don't need to do the next thing, but if you're not, go ahead and get subscribed to us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show, or just use this handy subscribe button on StarWarsTime.net. It's not that hard. There's no handouts here. There's no Patreons. We're not asking for your money. We're just asking for your praise, your glowing reviews of the show. I want you to tell me how sexy I am, that type of stuff, right? We don't ask for much here at the Star Wars Time Show. Just to help promote it. Spread this shit. Star Wars 19, right? Spread it. Star Wars 19. Don't spread the COVID-19. Spread that Star Wars stuff. Tell a friend. Tell a pet. It doesn't matter. I guarantee you a dog will sit here and watch our video for three hours straight. All right? I'm not going to take that to the bank, but I think it's going to happen. So go ahead and give it a try. StarWarsTime.net. Because there's always time for Star Wars time. I've heard that before. It's a saying. There's always time for Star Wars time. And remember, if you do listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.